What's good, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. My name is Kanal, and I hate football again. I'm here with Adam. Oh, come on, man. Um, because you can't just hate football all over again, man. It's an emotional roller coaster that I wasn't prepared for growing up. Just enjoy the season. Just enjoy every... I told you, enjoy the season, the ups and the downs. There's so many ups and downs. <laughs> no, not as much as that one season for the Seahawks, where it was always uh, down to the last score. The Remember that year? Every yeah. game, back and to you, back. It's funny, because the... Well, and then we, the, the thing was, is that Russ always had to bail us out of those games. That was the narrative that would go along, right? But now, the Broncos are kind of finding themselves in a lot of one-score lo- one lost situations, and they're not they getting They actually those. had a multi-score game this time, and actually almost... They were basically being competitive with the 40, uh, with the 49ers, the but Chiefs. with the Chiefs. Yeah, with the Chiefs, and yeah, the until Chiefs. Russell got injured himself. Yeah, so. well, we're hoping we're hoping he gets better soon because that was if you saw that if you saw that hit, he didn't the know knot. what planet he, he had was a on. knot on his head too. Yeah, I saw that. Like, well, yeah. and then um, yeah, he had some turf in his helmet as well. And then like you're talking about the bump that he had on his head. When yeah, he, that knot that that knot post. I was like, oh no, that's a that's a concussion. I looked at that <laughs> and said that is a concussion. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna. Just <laughs> I saw have the, to I saw the screenshot. I didn't watch the game, but I saw the screenshot for it. Yeah, him. he he didn't know what planet he was on, but he's just got to drink what that holy water or whatever he was harping on when he was when man, he was here in Seattle. Man, that saying that cures concussions because. That was that was about as bad as they come. I mean, it, 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 it can't top up from here. It can't top Tua's though. Tua's where he was throwing up gang signs because he just had like brain damage at oh, that point. Man. But that um, was, was still. A pretty I'm bad one. praying for both of them because I don't I don't wish concussions on the worst of my enemies. If you look, if you're just gonna play bad one day, just play bad. I just don't because concussions, man. Li- you know, years down the line, you mm. know. Yeah, especially. but it's only if you get multiple, like if you get multiple and multiple. You know concussions over and over. So and when, when I mean, after you get that first one too, you're you're more susceptible to yeah. re-injuring. It's one of those things as well. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. But we'll talk more on all that stuff. You know, in the podcast today, it's um we're actually you know recording this podcast during the Monday night game, and it's uh let's just say the Cardinals aren't um doing so well. So that's why we started early. Yeah. Shout Monday out to night. Oliver. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, I don't know if we want to shout him out. <laughs> He'll be fine. You can um, shout him out because you had the uh, the Cardinals, and you could be like, "Damn, I hate you, Oliver." Oh, I hate you, Oliver. You need to personify the team and someone you, you know. Pr- you promised me everything, Oliver, with the Cardinals, and that's why I went for the Cardinals this time around. But man, yeah, we'll, just, t- we'll talk about uh, that. We'll talk about the Cardinals game too because we saw we saw the first three quarters of it, and we're watching the fourth quarter as we record this, and it's. it's bad. It's bad, but you know there was also Kyler Murray's injury that we will talk about as well. Yeah, especially in the year he's kind of having. Oh, there goes my phone. <laughs> Anyways, but, uh, uh, should we just let's jump? talk about the, yeah? Let's talk about the Seahawks because you know we just you know hate our lives, don't we? Yeah, we we you know I would say I'm gonna say this, but like fuck the Seahawks because they got me once we were at, we were at six and three, right? And oh, everybody no. was like, we're 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 running the table. We had this hope built up. And then I think the last out of the, we're like one and three in the last four games, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that was ba- and that one win was because we barely beat the Rams, and so yeah. you know now we're kind of hitting down this slide. But we uh, the final score was thirty to twenty four, um, Panthers, and uh, let's just break it down bit by bit. So starting off with the offense, what'd you see there, bud? First quarter, everything kind of just went belly up already. You got Geno with. Um... I think he had two interceptions in the first quarter alone. I know he had at least one and it just, we just, yeah, we dug ourselves into that 17 zero hole very quickly. This is kind of what, this is like the reason behind why Gino was apologizing, but 
I also debate against him apologizing for like how the game play because I will not put it all on Gino. Um, Gino's not out there playing linebacker or D lineman, <laughs> basically, right? And so I, I I had to actually go run some errands, but I was definitely keeping up with the game. And I saw the second pick from like the ESPN stat sheet, so I see. I see here you got this note that it was bullshit. You want to talk about that? It was a bullshit call. Everybody everybody and their moms knew. Like they, So during the game, Seahawks were doing a lot of hard count to try to catch the Panthers on offsides, and they did it to a lot of success. I think they caught them offsides twice, mm-hmm. so you know you get that free play. Um, they did this. The second pick was because like they did the hard count. I think Brian Burns jumped into the neutral zone, snapped mm-hmm. it. Everybody knew. Unless it was inch perfect, which – to, they they did the replay and Brian Burns was already pretty much barely like basically in line with the football right. So right. any step forward clearly in the neutral zone because you know you're not gonna unless you need a running head start. You, he's the he's a standing up lineman, so he's just standing right there and then he's just gonna go right for it, for it. Damn. Right? And Damn so that was, Gino thought he had a free play, so he just hucked it. I mean, he hucked it into like double or triple coverage. So you know it wasn't it was more of like a a prayer type of play. But everybody yeah. knew it was offsides, but they didn't call it offsides. So that that uh, was it's, yeah. It's one of those. It's just one of those blown calls by the refs that you can't really like do anything about, right? But yeah. let's just say this: I will always say this, even for the Seahawks, you can't always blame it on. Sometimes it happens, but you you can't always blame it on that one call when you're already deep in the hole already. Yeah, you, you know can't. what I mean? Because like we yeah. gotta we gotta actually just play this game. But um, yeah, lo- you know, Lockett Metcalf. And Goodwin and Goodwin just all had touchdown passes, and then of course Lockett set the franchise record for consecutive games with a TD catch. Yeah, I think that's six on that man's name. Yeah, I mean everybody like uh, even like names, uh, even pundits out there that you know have been they've been kind of slagging off the uh, the Seahawks offense for a long time. You know they're putting respect. Name your most underrated player. Guys like RG three will come out and say Tyler Lockett because Tyler Lockett is about as sure-handed and one of the best route runners out there right now. You know, and he, he actually had to switch between two different quarterbacks, and he's having low key. I believe he's, yeah, he's definitely having a better season than he did last year or the year before. With both of them are DK. I think they're both on track to be like you know thousand yard receivers and stuff like. But that. But is it better than that one year with DK where he had like what twelve or thirteen hundred yards? That that was that one time we were just funneling him the ball though. Yeah, that might have been his rookie year, right? And that's you know when you have your rookie year. I think he can't. He came out guns blazing. Everybody was like, "How did this guy mm-hmm. drop to the second round?" So I think he got himself out to a good head start. But this is a, definitely a good year for Metcalf, regardless, and oh, yeah. Lockett for sure, and Goodwin too. Like he's been a solid. I'm glad we actually picked him up in free agency. He's been so he's been really solid with Geno. Yeah, you can't. He they have that rapport. It's ever since they did that little butt. Geno did that little butt squeeze at the end of, end of the bunker. He, he said into his ear like, "Hey man, let's ride. Let's ride." <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you know, funny enough, like we said in the last the last episode, was that they both came in the same draft too. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it, which is kind of wild to think. I just think about Goodwin I, th- I just think about Gino and thinking that he's been around for like forever and then I'm like damn Goodwin's mm-hmm. been around forever too same same amount of time and uh and it's funny yeah but, so um, what, what were some of the shortcomings you saw from the offense though you know we um, we, 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 we talked about Gino a little bit right 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 like because I love Gino at the end of the day I just hope that we can you know for Gino going forward we can actually improve upon what we did this season into next season because you know how NFL defenses work Oh, yeah. They start to once you put enough film at out there, you that's when the taking that next step as a quarterback. How do you, you know, manage to get wins when people see like it's like with Mahomes, 
So like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, there's that, plenty that, of film on Mahomes, but oh, I mean that man's a magician though. You can't like you saw that. Did you see that like, he had some yes. highlight reel? He's he, seen it. He basically did a chest pass to. The, yes. I can't remember. Who it was. As he was falling, he was like, "Oh, oh, you got me, psych." It's a yeah. touchdown, really. He just makes it more and more ridiculous. Uh, the big thing yeah, for me, but... big thing for me from that game though is, uh, you know how much I love our power package and thirteen personnel package and stuff like that. We just we just didn't get it on the field and run it as much, but I think that kind of goes back to us not having a run game. You know, it's kind of like when you run play action, right? You to run play action plays, you need to have some semblance of a run game because otherwise, no one's going to bite them, right? And mm-hmm. so, you know, we didn't have much of a run game. Uh, Travis Homer had ended up with ten rushes for twenty six yards. Part of that was probably because, like you were saying, we dug ourselves a, a hole early on, huh? We have to just give it up for the passing game already. It's like we have to pass to get back in. And then once you tie and get above that, then we you, you start seeing more of the power runs and stuff because you lose time. When yeah. you start yeah. Time is time is the important thing that you just you just said right there, too, because I think a lot of offenses learn this um, from the, the high-octane offenses when they try to bring it into the NFL is that you know, you can be flashy, you can be fireworks, or you can be inevitable, and that's what a strong run game is, right? Like, I think the, uh, I think Carolina rushed that on us for like forty six times, and you every, know, they ended up every with like, Carolina running back had like basically, if you started even Sam minute, Darnold, even Sam Darnold, right? And it's just the thing. I feel like at that point, I don't think it's the players. I do to an extent. You have to say it, the players eventually on our defense. Which we'll we'll definitely get into because there's not much else to say with the offense except like Gina can only do so much. I know we made mistakes, but in terms of the pass game, I love our pass game. It's just I would love also a run game with the pass game. You just need that balance, man, right? Yeah, we and we had that balance earlier in the season. And then of course the reason why is because the defense. We are back to the beginning of the season where we just can't pressure a QB consistently. We are getting more pressures and sacks than that one season where we definitely did not have a defense where like Cowboys threw for almost like, I don't know, they threw 500 plus yards on us and everything. It was just basically a shootout. I say that was our worst defense compared to this season. But every time we have a season like this and all of a sudden the defense gets together, we tighten up the defense. You're playing off a passion. But at the end of the day, it's like, we got to get back into the room. What's the defensive coordinator doing? How are we putting out all of those? And I love Clint Hurt. I just I know this is like his I believe his what second no first season as a defensive coordinator because they 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 fired Ken K and J last year yeah so basically like it, your first year in hopefully he's he's learning like big lessons for next year because I think they're gonna do by free agency by whatever because there's not much else to talk about the defense is holding back a very good team they made some good adjustment a good adjustments but like if you can't get off the field you're going to get gassed and things are going to start that's breaking what we down saw in the for- that's what we ended up seeing in the fourth quarter right cuz like even yeah. in, even in the third quarter like the the Seahawks offense was kind of holding our own and then we actually had like a couple of goal line stops um mm-hmm. or not maybe one at least and you yeah. know that that kind of thing you're you're supposed to go out there and rally behind that um i think it was inopportune because i think those are also the drives that where you know the the Seahawks had the opportunity to hold the ball for a little bit and, you know, march it down the field. I think we had a couple of quick three and outs or um, yeah. short drives and the immediately defense is out back there. And, you know, come the fourth quarter, then, you know, like the the Carolina knows, you know, this is boxing, right? People always, people, you, if you're fighting on the street, you punch for the face. If you're boxing, you do body blows because, you know, come come later parts of the round, you know, they're going to be slow. You can you can land whatever you want after you, you, you spend 45 minutes dealing body blows. And that's what Carolina did once the fourth quarter came around. Like we saw it, it was just like run up the middle, two, six, six yards, 
running back draw seven yards and they just kept doing that inch by inch take five minutes off the clock in the fourth quarter yep ran 11 plays 67 yards or something something like that all pretty much all runs maybe there was a pass in there but and it, it, it all depends on in this type of formation you have your you know you have uh, Irvin and Darrell Taylor on the outside then you have like your three down linemen yeah. on the yeah yeah and then yeah no or yeah, Noelso will either be out there and they'll switch with Darrell Taylor, depending on the package and stuff like that. And then, of course, you have your linebackers in the back and Cody Barton and Brooks. But the only issue is that I think it's that through those three down linemen, um, you have Al Woods. I know I'm forgetting the other Brian name. Money. Brian Money was a big one. Puna Ford. And Puna Ford. That's your three. That's literally LJ your three Collier, right I think he, he he rotates in a little bit now. Right. But so I, it's, Al, it's, it's, Al, we love Al Woods on the podcast, but I think he got hurt i think early in the game and i think that was probably part of the reason we felt but you know monet did have some semblance Monet's of it. also good in the in the as a uh, a rush defender and stuff like that but it's just, I just, just out there for 40 minutes right like what the, what do you true, expect that's true but and i this is also why i feel like we need a linebacker that's like that can also support brooks in the case yeah. of like it's going to be hard finding a linebacker in general that can do coverage that can do run stuff like stuffing the run and doing coverage you're going to have either one or the other and you have to improve on the other one so i'd rather say maybe look towards that run stuffer you know in the draft because i don't know like it's because after the the whole d line is down and your edges are down trying to get you know either a sack or trying to stop the run if they get past that level then it's up to brooks and if brooks is like out of position then you have cody barton after Cody Barton, now it's on your safeties and, you know, the levels, like the three levels of like running a ball, yeah. which once well, you get you know, to the third level, you did your job as an offensive line. I think we've so. been moving to this three, four system because it emphasizes the, it, it, it brings out the best qualities in a box safety mm-hmm. because, you know, like you said, if you have those, you need, you need that second level to uh, fill gaps. And I think, um, you know, that's what Jamal Adams would have excelled at had he been healthy. I think Ryan Neal has been having a fantastic season. If we can, yes. if we can lock him up to an affordable deal, because I think he's a free agent after this. But some team is going to pay him what he, um, you know, like pay him a lot of money because he is good at what he does, which is you know laying down the law in the field and um, taking down it players. Depends on the health. Of, it depends on the health of Jamal Adams. Knowing what we know, I don't think we're going to go out in the draft this upcoming year and try to get a safety. Um, I don't see a safety in the cards right now, unless you're going to go get a free agency pickup. So in that case, it's just a matter of how, what's going to happen with Jamal Adams and that injury mm-hmm. and how is his health coming back? Cause Ryan Neal's good. I think unless we just get like a, you know, like a mid to late round <laughs> gem of a pick again, but we'll see. Yeah, that'll be tough. I can see them trying to go back to what they know, which is going for the, the, uh, physical. So back in the day, um, Seahawks were known for, uh drafting there's like this metric from nike i think it's called spark i don't know if it's used as much anymore but it's a measure of a player's athleticism it's like a composite score based off of like multiple things like you know speed jumping Mm -hmm. ability physicality Mm -hmm. that kind of thing and seahawks had a reputation which was basically like all right let me get a spreadsheet of every every player let me sort it based off of spark ranking all right we're just going to take whoever's available because it came down to it. What it came down to was for a long time, we had these veteran level players um, or young players that are already like of a veteran mentality right? where you can just fill in these freak athletes. Um, Pete Carroll does what Pete Carroll does best, which is coach and set up a culture. And Mm -hmm. you, you give these freak athletes the platform to grow and, you know, educate them in the way that they should run. I can see us going back to that pretty soon. 
So that's one part. The other part to how the Seahawks have been drafting even till like this day is they always also emphasize what's happening at the senior bowl. So that's one thing I believe on field goals. They definitely talked about like our drafting habits and stuff. They always go after the fast players and stuff like that. So basically high on spark, the spark Mm -hmm. ratings. And then if they're at the senior bowl as well, that's also where they'd be. Uh, taking the last little bit of like okay that's the one that we want or something like that it's been uh you can actually see it over like the past i think five years if you look back over our first round picks and stuff prime examples are i mean from this from this last year's draft right cody bar or not uh, kobe bryant and i think Tariq woolen are prime examples of very excellent athletes that are just kind of like you know you you know how hard it is for players to play out of position right kobe bryant wasn't i think a nickel in college but yeah. He's transitioned. He was a safety well. two in college. Yeah. You know, we were talking about this, and um, Kobe Bryant is someone I can see transitioning into like a free safety type of role. Like he has that same type of playing style. How as tall? Black. How tall is uh, Kobe Bryant though? I think he's like five ten, but a free safety. Mm, free safety. Oh man, because especially as a free safety, how big you're is like Quandre the... Diggs? Because the, the the whole reason I said that was because I thought Quan... Quandre uh, Diggs may not be tall, but he is built. Yeah, I he's will a, say that man's that. a heat seeking missile, and that's what I was that's what I was tra- trying to get at. Which was he's five nine. That's what I was trying to get at too. Which was that you know I could see Kobe Bryant maybe transitioning into a role like that. And but we'll so you know, nickel, who are you going to replace that nickel? Yeah, and that's what it comes down to, right? You yeah, know, so that's it, why I think he locked down the nickel spot. And then, of course, right now we're playing like a carousel with the CB2 position with uh, Mike Jackson and, and, Trey, Brown. Um, but and Trey, Trey Brown. I think just to, I think I, just before this, I looked at the snap counts and I think Mike Jackson was out there for 100% of the, the defensive snaps. So I don't know what yeah. happened with Trey Brown. I don't know if he was hurt or if he's just been. I, I think it's just they know what they got out of Mike Jackson throughout the season. It's just like, let's stop messing around. Because like, especially when you're trying to do playoffs, it's like, we, let's not try to see. We don't really have the the luxury, if you will, to just like, hey, let's just flirt around with like different cornerback setups. Because right now, we don't have a playoff spot anymore. We got to fight for it. Yeah. So. And it's going to be a very tough fight. I think we have, who do we have lined up? We got Niners, and then the Chiefs, and then the Jets, and then the Rams. Oh. Um, Real quick before we get into that, because I already could tell like half of that is losses. Um, <laughs> At least uh, the three known truths right now with the Seahawks currently. Um, these are just these are facts, one hundred percent. We had the so the Seahawks they had the biggest probability loss of making it into the playoffs with this this uh, recent loss that we had. I think it was like twenty four point something percent compared to everyone else that lost. Um, second, Geno Smith has to play perfectly to give us a chance with the current defensive play, meaning that like, cause he did apologize for his worst play, but he was playing perfect after that, like that for first quarter, maybe second quarter mess up too. He was like, we had a chance. We, had, we were six points away, right. From when oh, uh, a touchdown away from winning it by a point. You can't do that with like, if your defense is literally just opening the gates and I'm not going to put that on every single player on the field, but I feel like it's a mix of the pieces that you have and what you do with said pieces in your packages, your formations, and whatever your philosophy as a defensive coordinator is. Uh, and, uh, just, oh, to add, just to add on to that point really quick, I, we, we, just to um, reiterate what's something that we've been saying pretty much all season, which is um, we're running 3-4 defense with 4-3 personnel, right? And that's kind yeah. of part of the reason why, I mean, yeah, they've had a whole season in the system, but you're not going to become, you have to be a specialist in each system, right? Because there's a different philosophy for like linebackers, for example. Yeah. I think that's a reason, I think, even though Jordan Brooks is having like a balling out season, there is gaps in his play because of the system that he he's more catered to. 
he's more of a guy that can go in and um, eliminate anything that makes it past the front line, right? Whereas in he can the, also, but he can also pick up. But obviously, he's going to be our leading tackler. I think he's the number one leading tackler in the NFL currently. But that that was the same thing even with our four three defense with uh, Bobby as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Bobby, I think I just saw a graphic too on Instagram. It might have been from Rams Media, which was like number one. I think Bobby is the number one PFF rated uh, middle linebacker in the league right now, or something, something After like that. After he played against us, I, why not? Sure, yeah, you man. can have it, man. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, all, with all due respect, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. You got your third point. Yeah, and the f- third final point is it's really a funny one, but the 49ers, I like, we know that um, uh, Brock Purdy, formerly known as Mister Irrelevant, got injured. I think it was a I forgot what type of injury it was. Oblique injury. Yeah, no oblique one. So it might bring him out for like one day or whatever like that. So the point is they can play anybody at quarter at quarterback, even if an, like a retired quarterback came back to play for them or something like that. All they got to do is just run the ball on us. Yeah, at this CMC point. can do it all. And CMC can also do it all. So you don't know what you're going to get out of CMC. Granted, I will say that every time Seahawks have faced the 49ers, no matter what shape or form, it always turns into like a game on the last play. So we will see what happens unless it just – they they just do to us what they did to the Bucks. Yeah, but we'll definitely get into that. The um, um, the the Niners are also get are pretty healthy on the defensive side of things. Uh, yep. So yep. that's something to keep an eye on as well because you know that's that's what they thrive off of, right? Yeah, basically they, the defense and then of course the flurry of their offense, their creative offense with the Kyle Shanahan system. So really, right now. It's really just looking like we're going to miss the playoffs. But I mean, like I looked at this whole season of like we may win a lot. We may lose a lot. And I said it beginning of this season in the beginning of the play- uh, playoffs in the beginning of the, the podcast. But the short of it is like, hey, it's more of like a litmus test to see what we can do, what we can and can't do. Where are we? Where are we at as a team? I know that's like a, an offense to the actual players playing on the field, because, of course, every player wants to win. They want to have a chance to win the Super Bowl. I perfectly understand. So we just got to build for that, right? Hey, if it and, wasn't if it wasn't for this season, we wouldn't know that Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf can be elite without Russell Wilson at quarterback. Facts, and that's facts. that's a big thing to learn, as well as our tight ends. You know, our entire offense can function really well without Russell Wilson at quarterback. The Seahawks have shown me that every single tight end that we have, all three of our tight ends, you got Noah Fan, <laughs> you got Will Disley, you got Colby Parkinson. And they all can catch the ball and like just make plays and stuff like that. That's a beautiful thing. Nope. And put them all on the field at once. Number five scoring offense in the league. So go figure with that. I'll take that. Um, as long as we can keep that same uh, momentum of the offense and improve the defense over the offseason. It's going to be a lot of, I feel like we're going to just take a lot of free agency. This is just the, so this is just what uh, Schneider does in the free agency. Instead of going to draft, we usually draft veterans or not draft. Wow. We usually pick up veterans and free agency for the D line as a whole, yeah. um, as you can see with Al Woods and the rest of them. So besides Darrell Taylor, who was like a, a nice pick that we all like was a, a high second round pick, if I remember correctly, that we want to succeed, basically. So, you know, with the remaining schedule of the Niners, the Chiefs, the Jets, the Rams that Kanal mentioned before, I didn't even want to look at it because Niners and Chiefs, I can almost just say that's an L. But the Niners are going to fight, but the Chiefs. I don't, I don't want to talk about that one. I don't even know if I want to watch. I'm going to watch the game. But I don't know what's going to happen with that particular game. The Jets is going to be interesting. 
And then the Rams, I hope we just don't have like another close game with them. That's just going to be stupid. God, Baker Mayfield is out there, and he, I'm not going to lie. He looked pretty good for some guy, somebody he, that only had two will, days. We will talk about that because I watched that drive alone, and I was like, what the hell? So uh, <laughs> some other stuff that we can talk about real quick about the Seahawks and we can hit into the around the league is that we're 0-4 against the NFC South, which is apparently somewhat the worst division in the NFC. I, I made now. a note of this later on, but um, – I wanted to bring. I can bring it up right now too, yeah, which is ahead. that you know if if the Saints had held on to their lead against the Bucks, you know it was mm-hmm. sixteen to three, and Bucks ended up winning seventeen to sixteen. Had they held on to that lead, um, and everything else was the same, the entire NFC South would be five and eight, and one of those teams is going to make it into the playoffs. That's right. why, like teams like like you got teams like Carolina, they're fighting because like they're one game back from Buccaneers. Like <laughs> Detroit Lions actually has a chance to get into the playoffs with our oh, loss man, too. I love that story. My, me and my dad were talking about that the other day too, and we were just like, he was my dad was just like, Lions are looking pretty good now, huh? And I'm like, yeah, it's it's, it's fucking wild. What the what universe did we switch to at the beginning, yeah. the middle of the season? And that is the this universe is, in which is, DeAndre Swift is healthy. Facts, and this is definitely, especially Jameson Williams is healthy, and he's actually playing more and more each week. Amon Ra so. is healthy again. True, and um, and he's climbing up in terms of like you know on the side of fantasy things. I love it, and I just hope that they can continue. And hope if the only thing is for them to go to the playoffs, we have to fall. <laughs> we have yeah. to be one of the teams that fall to do it. So it's one of those like, ugh. I kind of wish we just had the NFC West spot. Yeah, with the way that the the current um, the current uh, standings are, it because Giants and Commanders tied, they are above us, but they have the same number of wins as we do. So. Um, that's True. the that's the tiebreaker, quote unquote. Yeah. But teams like the Giants, so I can see the Giants sliding. But yeah, yeah and finally good. for the team, I, I mentioned the draft before, but currently I will just make very early current like a very early mock draft order, not on the people we get. It's just uh, I'm saying we should focus on edge, especially now that our picks at number two get the best edge you can get. <laughs> that's gonna revitalize like the D line itself, and it's gonna bring it's gonna make everyone better inside offensive linemen as like the second priority uh, with our second first round pick. And finally, hopefully in the high second, uh, since we have multiple seconds, get a linebacker then because I want this to be a defensive focus draft. But we'll definitely, as we get closer, uh, only a couple names that stand out so far is just Jalen Carter from Alabama or Miles Murphy from Clemson. Either way, either one of those on our team will be a great addition on top of whoever else is in free agency and we pair them with. So, um, you know, going forward, we'll we'll definitely kind of start talking about what who we think the Seahawks should get with that top three pick. Now. So, and uh, I just wanted to clarify this too, because I, I like the the terminology, because like the edge terminology itself is basically like if you're an outside linebacker and a four three or in a, in a three four defensive end and in a four three, right? <clears throat> so, um, is that is that something that so um, in the three four that we're trying to run? Mm-hmm. Would you consider the, the edge linemen as edges mm-hmm. as well, or would you consider them more as the outside line? So your three down lineman on the inside is usually D is literally like a D tackle in a D end position for a three four. And there's like a, there's a such thing as a three four defensive end, a three and a three four D tackle. Usually that D tackle is the nose tackle. Like you have to be the rock in the center because yeah. it's just you against that center and the two guards. Uh, your edges in this so we'll just use the Seahawks. Our edges are basically Nwosu, uh, Darrell Taylor, and Urban. That's like our three good edges as of right now. That's been getting a lot of sacks and stuff like that. So essentially, Bruce Urban, I love him as a old you know as a 
a goat of a Seahawk player, but like it's not sustainable keeping him in the position. So we're gonna eventually like phase him out. I don't know how it's gonna look after this season if it's a one and done thing or if he's gonna come back. But he's been good in the locker room for us. I just think that we need to pair someone with Nuoso. Nuoso's been good. He's been flying across the field and stuff. You want someone else like Nuoso on the field, essentially kind of like Isaiah Simmons and stuff like that with what, who the Cardinals have, as an example. So yeah. that's who your edge would be. Your edge is a weird – it can be a outside linebacker for a 3-4, but then there's actual outside linebackers that are actually just like, no, nah, I'm a coverage back compared to – like I can get on the line. Like if you can get on the line too and, make, and do some work uh, – you know, do that. It's not clearly defined what an edge is as of yet, but you, it's pretty much just that one, that extra person you can put on the outside that mm-hmm. basically can do it all. Yeah. So basically, then, let's go get those people and put them on the D line, and hopefully, we can improve the defense. Yeah, for sure. Because like the one thing that um, I'll take away from this, because like you, like you said, it's way too early, and I'm not as well versed in like the picks that the the prospects that are out there. And once the combine and stuff like that happens, we'll get a better yeah. idea. Um, remember combine the combine stuff does not tell a full story of a player and that and i will still use dk metcalf to this day yeah that, that is 100 percent fair even though and then you have your combine heroes that kind of just fizzle out as well facts the um yeah for from for our front seven because the front seven is the the primary area of concern i think that's what everybody can agree on that even if mm-hmm. you don't watch the seahawks um and for we have a lot of youth on our edge, so having at our outside linebacking positions, along with Uchenna Nwosu, who can be seen as kind of like the veteran edge, if you yeah. will. But having that ability of if you have your three four and you take out those two outside wide players that you would have, that that core five, you know, when you're considering guys like Jordan Brooks, Cody Barton, Al Woods, mm-hmm. your your defensive and your 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 three four defensive ends. Um, those that's your primary area of concern because every team, every team knows, you know, just run up the middle on the Seahawks and you'll, you'll eventually win the game. Just don't make mistakes. Let your deep, let the other team's defense do its thing because the only way the Seahawks are beating you is if they beat you in a shootout. Cause it's, Facts. it's not going to, it's not going to end any other way. That's why I'm saying we need to at least get a D tackle or something for that D line. But I don't, I don't know. Cause the thing is we've never, when's the last time we actually had a top five pick for the Seahawks? Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, like we've with had Schneider. guys with, with Schneider that has, oh, yeah, top, actually yeah, top five pick for sure. I was going to say for linemen that we've drafted early, you know, we've had guys come through like Jaron Reed, who I think is on Wasn't the back. Unger a high, high draft pick for us. Yeah, he was, uh, this was before, this was like 2010. I think that Max Unger was drafted. You know, he was we just traded him away. I still feel like that was a stupid. Uh, that was when our that, offensive we, line woes. We did it for us. That was the beginning. That's very we, true. We that very was the beginning true. of our offensive line woes. And you know, interior offensive linemen, I wouldn't mind one of those because we can't run the ball up the middle. I think we're getting called out for it too, which is like you know, at the, there were games where Kenneth Kenneth Walker could have, you know, a hundred yards and on like. 25 carries or 20 carries you know he gets you know just using that as an example right but, you know it'll be like his longest run is like 50 yards or something like that so then you know when you take that one yard away he's 19 on he gets 19 carries for 50 yards that kind of math right, right. and so you know we're if we if we can be a grinding run game to supplement having a you know a, a, a run game that can just explode for like big runs Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you do that with having a variety of personnel, but it probably starts with the offensive line. So having that interior offensive lineman so we can do that variety of a run game. Is Mostly center, maybe center or guard. But uh, and then the, not really a fun fact, but we drafted Max Unger at the 49th overall pick. And he is, I think, still to this day, the highest selected Oregon Ducks offensive lineman since Tom Drugas. 
Uh, that is seconds. that is incorrect. Because there's Pene- another one. Okay, Penesa will. Oh duh duh. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, funny. hopefully we can get his. Hopefully we can get his brother. That'd be and, good. Uh, and the fun fact about that, they um their other brother is on the Saints on the practice squad for a is long, he really? linebacker. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so Nephi Nephi Sewell, I believe is his name. Oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> priorities wise for me, at least, you know, getting that core. In, in that in that four three in your front seven on the defense, getting one of those core positions, something that you can supplement. And you know, you could like you said, you could count on the Seahawks to go into free agency and get those veteran type of players as well, which we hate. We don't want that to be the end of our improvement in that front seven. But you absolutely need those players because there's a there there is a lot of you know when we get down big heads heads drooping, you yeah. know that kind of thing. Whereas yeah. you know these guys should be riling each other up, right? You need a bunch of dogs <laughs> on dogs. defense <laughs> on defense. And you know you get that from the. I, I love. I, I think there was a play where um, Tariq Woolen had a pass defense, and then he turned to the. Uh, he turned the Panthers sideline and just started jawing them. We, I love that shit, dude. Because you need oh, to have, yeah. especially on defense, you need to have that dog in you. Because yeah, uh, too. Yeah, I mean, on offense, you could get in trouble for that. Like DK can, has gotten. You trouble get in for trouble it for bit. it on the defense too. That's a whole thing. If you if you do if you look at the other sideline too long, they could throw a flag on you for taunting. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, we don't need to give an, an official an excuse for throwing a flag. You see that basically. hit on you see that hit on Justin Herbert where he basically just brought him down, and they didn't call anything. And I think do you see that uh, you see that play where Milano annihilated Mike White and like basically yeah. sawed him in half, and I don't think they called yeah. anything. Of course, and it's weird because uh, you don't want to leave it that, up to the just in, that, in that regard. There's a lot of defensive players that are like, "So, what do you want from us? If you want us to do our job, and then if we do our job, we get in trouble." That's like a whole thing that's still going to this day with all the new rules in place. So, I mean, besides that, that's I think that's pretty much all we have to say about our Seahawks. Just that good luck for the rest of this season with this, um, the Niners, the Chiefs, the Jets, and the Rams <laughs> in our last four games. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, sounds good. You want to go around the league? Around the league. All right. Um, for, first up, we got NFL. So one story I saw, I want to get your thoughts on it. So um, I actually didn't even know this, knew this happened until like a couple days ago. And mm-hmm. so NFL, the, the Saints were fined by the NFL, Saints and Cameron Jordan. And I think this was a record amount for this sort of out, this sort of um, incident. They were fined $550,000 for allegedly faking an injury to try to slow down the Buccaneers on their what ended up being I think their game winning drive. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that one. I, I personally don't know because I'm not the player on the field going down. So it's it's weird because I did see like little bits where Cameron said like, "No, I was I was injured. I was literally injured." But it's like, and then the, yeah, yeah, I think the I think the thing that they were pointing at was that you can see like it looked like someone on the sideline signaled to um, Cameron Jordan to like, "Hey." you know cut it cut it you know like do you know get to go down or something like that just to prevent that, that hurry happens, up offense that sometimes that happens at times where it's like you know hey go down go down go down like hey we're actually trying to, what are you doing quit walking just go down but like in actuality there are people there's times when a football player will literally just try to be up and actually just say no i can still go and you can definitely tell her like bro lay down before we yeah. stop bullshitting lay down you know yeah. and stuff like like just get down and then like have the trainers come out to you and stuff like that so that's it's wild um like over half a million for that but hey if you ain't cheating you ain't trying right <laughs> yeah that's how it goes i mean people can say it's zero sportsmanship that's what i wrote down here um but if you look at it from the broader picture of sports in general people are just doing whatever they got to do to try to win games you see you see it in soccer all the time there's definitely times when these teams are doing something even the winning teams are doing stuff and you don't catch it yeah, I mean, I mean it's, 
<laughs> don't say anything. It's not either. deflating footballs or anything like that. But um, it reminds yeah. me of it reminds me of back in the day of uh, you know when Oregon's offense was more of a it, it, Oregon was very innovative in their offense back in back uh, probably in the mid 2010s 2010s right yeah mid to early to mid 2010s when they were the first ones on the scene or the ones that promoted it the most and so they were going so fast that players were faking injuries and that kind of thing and you could see that like it was very like obviously it's like you know when you take a flop or something like that you could see it was obviously oh, like i think I, those. I think cal was i think cal was one of those teams that did that <laughs> you just yeah, kind of laugh but now it's kind of normal normal place for having fast offenses so it, people don't do it Mariota is just you know vibing injured now because he was he was on that team around that time too when they were doing all that oh yeah so. But yeah, but he's, yeah, he he uh, he's another one of those guys. Actually, I think he had like a, a high spark rating just because of all of his all around athletic athleticism, as well as you know he he was intelligent off the charts. But it, it never translated well into the NFL. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, and then that's kind of a good segue to go in this next section for you know the QBs around the league right now because it, it seems like we're we're seeing some new faces leading their teams to wins, right? Yeah, um, Brock Purdy. Uh, we hate to see the, the Niners succeed, but um, we mentioned he had an oblique injury, but he kind of came in. I think he had two or three touchdowns, including an absolute dime he threw to Christian was McCaffrey. Like two and he ran in for one. Yeah, I think I that's remember. what it was. Yeah, and, you know, he's he had just, three total, but two passing touchdowns. Yeah, and one of them was like a, an absolute dime he threw to CMZ. Man, just, like, he, fucking hate it. I looked at and I watched not not just I mean, the highlights, even like some of the game. Yeah, yeah, and not just and so not just the highlights, but even the some of the game itself outside of the highlights. And it's just like that man's just comfortable having a good time. And of course, he he put two weeks together. Like you know, he came in on one and then he started the other, right? And it just that's a good confidence booster. And it's like, wow, can you can you believe a it's a a former Mister Irrelevant is leading a team into the playoffs? Yeah. Granted, it's, he's injured right now. We'll see what happens, but, you know. Oblique injuries are a little bit of a weird one. You need that in your throwing mechanics and stuff like that, but maybe they'll give him a – you know how they do in the NFL. They give you a magic shot and all the pain goes away. Facts, and I think that's that opens it up for uh, Josh Johnson, which, uh, funny story, that's Marshawn Lynch's cousin. <laughs> yeah, man, that, that guy's I, – I forgot how many teams Josh Johnson has been on. I think I saw something 14. ridiculous. Like 14, 14. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's been around for a little bit too. Uh, well, he's, yeah, he's been around 14 teams, and then this is his fourth stint with the 49ers. So, yeah. and we'll see what happens with that. Um, but the Rams, it's always the uh, NFC West, right? But the Rams with Baker, if you did not watch at least that last drive, which I know it's all over YouTube, you could definitely go and find it. If you haven't watched that last drive by Baker Mayfield, especially when he flew in uh, less he than booked his days. ticket before he even had a, he even had the yeah. job. Facts and the fact that he came in and they even did they even just uh what was it I think it was uh Wolford they had a recording of him saying a full play from Sean McVay and he actually just said it over the phone or something like that it was just like it's this this it was a long winded play and you're telling me that like the, whoever the offensive coordinator is Sean McVay that. probably <laughs> Sean McVay with the offensive coordinator definitely had a time with Baker um getting him ready in less than two days because they only had one practice day which it wasn't much of like a full pads or anything and then he just comes out gets him a touchdown then he leaves him with a brady-esque win over the raiders yo like that's funny it's the funny is that it was the same exact scoreline too with like the same type of situational football yes. like what was it 16 and three with less than five minutes left yeah. in the fourth quarter they i mean and the first score coming with like three or four minutes left is usually the i think for both situations I don't know how to feel for Derek Carr right now because that man just got 
well, one, the, I'll say this, not Derek Carr, but the Ra- uh, the Raiders as a whole just got beat by a team that just brought in their quarterback less than two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, it, you got to break up the Raiders. Well, this is what I said before. The Raiders, besides, uh, I don't know about Derek Carr. I feel like you got to get rid of Derek Carr at this point. I don't know what else you can do. Hey, um, you know, we, we were talking about like drafting and stuff like that. Um, do you think Derek Carr is a guy whose job is on the line and um, Raiders could trade up? Do the Raiders even have pick? What is a pick situation? Have they? Uh, well, take a look at that. And I, in, in my opinion, for Raiders is if it's a high enough pick, I don't think they have their pick. I feel like, or do that's they? What, that's what I'm thinking. But let me see. If they have I'll, their pick, if they have their pick and it's pretty high enough, they can try to trade up. But they're sitting like at the they, number eight overall pick right now. Oh, they can pick either a leftover QB or try to trade something to get like to five. So if four. I, I, you or know, I love two in our case, if you know, I love these that. hypothetical situations. And now we, we actually see a little bit more eye to eye in terms of like what we need, because we I've, I've kind of been harping on the defense for a long time because it hurts my soul watching this defense. And uh, but now it's like we but now it's like um, if you're if if we were offered something even in the in the ballpark of you know the the dolphins with niners example is the extreme example but i love that example because it set that dolphins team up for success if we were offered like a whole um suite of picks to you know swap first round picks and you know future first and stuff like that would you do it did those picks include Tua, or was Tua already on the team when they did all those trades i think i think they used their own pick on Tua in one of the later um seasons but uh so my issue is Trey Lance. Did Trey Lance is Trey Lance has been around longer than Tua, right? Yeah, I think Tua yeah, is yeah. two years. Trey Lance is three, or maybe it's yeah. the other way around. Yeah, should be. Yeah, and so I think they used one of their own picks, but you know the 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 picks that they swapped with Niners, they used just to summarize again. They used to get Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, and Bradley Chubb, and so that's yeah. setting up your team for success. I if something, yes. Uh, so they're I sitting actually at- both both actually yeah. Tua has more one more year because he played in twenty twenty while. Um, Trey Lance was still at the at North Dakota State. Okay, so. yeah. So going back to the example, you know, actually, I would add, I'll add Colts in this as well because Colts sit at seven, and that yeah. that could be a team. Um, if if they offered, a, highly doubt it because they highly doubt it because they have a rookie quarterback who they've been playing, Ellinger. Who? Colts. Oh, Ellinger. Yeah. yeah. Did they draft yeah. Ellinger? Or was he? A, yeah, they drafted him. Okay. They drafted yeah. him the season before. Okay, but oh. if uh, going with going with that line, um, mm-hmm. if you if if we were offered a, a similar package. Do you see enough talent in the draft for what we need for us to be able to swap down? Yeah, they'll get a quality uh, player. At what? Yes, yeah. you, full, full, full blown. Yes, like I, if we're at two and someone's like, can you please for like two first? It's going to be like two or three first rounds at two at least. Two. Three, I would say round, three because, like, the, okay. I think the, the using historical examples, like, okay. what did okay. the uh, what did the the Saints trade? Oh, uh, the Eagles. You right, traded you like right. two first Great. round picks for a mid. Be a bigger if we do another trade on top of that because we they we have confidence in Gino, which I have confidence in Gino too. I just still believe that you need to need you need to find that eventually. At, yeah. Now, if we get more first round picks from the uh, team neck for the next like couple of years, that's a different story. I can work with that because then we have capital to either trade up if it's too yeah. low. Or we it's high enough again, like how the Eagles have a very high pick from the Saints. Yeah, and that so would be so beautiful. Yeah, so it's, there there are a lot of teams out there. Um, this was kind of a tangent, but I love this conversation because I know Adam's eyes light up when we start looking at ooh, what can we get in the draft. But then Wait, I'm like, I told you, when's the last time the we have had, have had yeah, a top had, five pick? That's why it's I'm not excited. something. It's not something you strive for as an organization. I'll tell you that. Well, we Texans are 
Texans fans aren't sitting there like, ooh, first first round pick again this year. Look at us with um, our riches. No, you mean the Cardinals. <laughs> the Cardinals where they had a high draft pick. Oh, yeah, they were like running back. Running back. <laughs> running back and get with another quarterback, please. Yeah, because they um, used a they used a 10 for I think Josh Rosen. <laughs> and then a one for and then a one for Kyler. Murray. Yeah. But um no no. In in this in this case, I'm definitely saying we should get an edge. I now I wouldn't be surprised if they just went ahead and said, you know, screw it, we're gonna get a quarterback. We just have to figure out if they do if they if they are satisfied with what who they got in the free agency, to the point where it's like, okay, let's go get a quarterback, put them behind Gino for two years or something like that. I don't know, especially that high. That's gonna be a whole big upsell, a, a whole big sell for the rest of the season of like quarterback drama. We, but we just have dang. to. We'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> you hit the nail. But that's why I said I'm, I'm more leaning towards the, getting an edge because come on, I I've always wanted the Seahawks to go get an edge player to help define the D line. Like who was the guy that Jacksonville drafted? Which which is you know the the fact that I can't remember his name is probably <laughs> testament to like the Ooh, amount wait, of pressure uh, that's on. talking about. Uh, was it Jack? Tra- Tra- Trayvon, Trayvon Walker? Walker? Trayvon Walker. Trayvon Walker. He had a fumble sack this past. I actually, he had a really good game. But what I mean is that people aren't talking about him as much as they would if it was you know, just, a quarterback, <laughs> which is just true. facts. It's just the way that shit is. But yeah. um, you, you don't have that high level of expectation on a player because it can crumble. People can crumble underneath that, that expectation. That is very true. I mean, if you have, what was it? The, um, um, who was it? Uh, Teo. <laughs> Especially yeah, Manti Teo. He, he had he had drama, but then he was also a pretty decently high pick. I know he fell because of the said drama, but he was still if a high pick. If there is a if there is any case study that you need for how important mental health is for an NFL player or an for, athlete no, in sports, in general, just an general. athlete in sports, oh. he was a completely different human being after all that stuff came out. Like I'm so glad. again, I'm glad he found his peace with that. Oh my yeah. gosh. And Anywho, you know, it's, it's hard. Go ahead. Continue on your, your, your edge journey, if you will. My edge journey, which with regards to uh, draft players and stuff like that. Or well, I'm just, just saying like, you, I know you're loving it that like, yes, my situation is coming to fruition, but man, I know it's just, I just like, I, that's funny. I bought it. I bought into the, the Pete Carroll methodology, which was, you know, not win now, win forever, which is the opposite of what the Rams did because they went win now they got their ring. They are an extreme case for when now. And other teams are like, okay, let's use a first round draft pick to trade for people like um, the uh, the Eagles did and stuff like that. But they're just not going to go to the extreme God, the of what Eagles the Rams have a did. high round pick too. They're going to so do this if we don't trade down. They're going to, yep. yeah, because they, they they have the piece they need. Like they'll, they'll, they're going to trade that down. Because if we're looking at teams that are looking, are in the quarterback business, like, you know, Raiders you brought up. Jets for uh, Jets was the example I brought up because that mm-hmm. is a bad mm-hmm. quarterback play is the only thing that's preventing that team from being successful. Yeah. I would have said Lions at the beginning of the season, but I think they're starting to like and there's they're, they're like Jared Goff is starting to hit his stride a little bit. Um, t- other teams that probably I mean, I'm just going to scroll through here. Other teams I could say probably might be in the quarterback business. Giants. Oh, I got you. I got you for those like right now. So your top ten as of the new order, not including this game that just played, is Houston, then us, then Chicago, then Detroit at four, Eagles at five. Holy shit, they have a fifth overall pick, and they're the best team in the league right now. Right, and then there's Arizona, which I know they're not going for a quarterback. Um, The Colts, they could, they have a rookie quarterback who has been impressive. For what he's done, and it's already a shit show in Indianapolis. Yeah, so I don't know what not, the, the, there's not much else to talk about. But the Raiders are at eight, so they could make a play for going from eight to two is a lot. I'm just gonna let you know right now. Yeah, 
eight to like five we can do i can see that or four at the highest but going to two Mm. you have you really have to bring us like three first rounds and maybe a second or something yeah we're sitting on riches right now it just depends on what we want to do at the end of the day I hope we don't trade. If we do trade down, I hope we don't trade down so far, so far that, we, that can't we can't get it. Yeah, that, we can't that'll, that'll be edge the or D lineman that we want. That'll but be they're the going to go in those. I think they're going to go from, let me think, from three to five or four to six. Those D line, those edge and D linemen are going to go around that time because Houston's going to get a quarterback. I don't know who whoever trades up is going to get a quarterback. They yeah. have, or unless they're going to go for an edge, which that's fine. Don't get me wrong. Chicago's not going for a quarterback. They're at three. Detroit. It's interesting because I've heard word that, and I'm not trying to go too deep into the draft stuff, but I've heard word that like they actually like Jared Goff enough, Jared Goff enough to the point where it's like we're not going to go get a, get a quarterback. So if that's how they feel about Jared Goff, like how we feel about Geno for our team, more power to another best player available. You know, yeah, I mean, like if we're looking at notable free agents for the Lions, because it has it up here on the CBS Sports, um, yeah. Draft order. Notable free agents are DJ Chark, Jamal Williams, Alec, Alex Anzalone, yeah, uh, that's Evan, Evan yeah. Brown, and Mike Hughes, the court, the cornerback. So, you know, if they they feel like, you know, Jared Goff is the way to go, they'd probably go ahead and try to fill in something. Like if they, I think there's a lot of good defense, something on defense. You yeah. already know it. If there, I mean, if there's like a, a God level running back that comes out, you know, I can see them going after that. that. High? I don't think like I'm talking about like a Zeke, like a Zeke at Ohio State level. I, I would that, say or Saquon. Time, yeah, Saquon or Zeke. The only time you should ever go after a running back is when your team is like 75 or 85 percent complete, because that's what happened Especially with Saquon to the Giants. Saquon yeah. to the Giants. Zeke to the Cowboys. They had a. They already Someone had an, they had an all time offensive line. You they, that, like we were talking about this last week, right? With uh, Demarco Murray, like Demarco Murray was like a, like a sixteen hundred yard ridiculous receiver or rusher. And we went over those stats of like he ran for over he had over three hundred attempts in one yeah, season. They ran the shit out of him, and that's what. And of course, that's what's going to happen with any running back. Like the miles are going to like something's going to catch like, up. Time's going to yeah, time's going to be knocking on your door sooner unless you're later. Frank Gore. i love frank gore with the passion um but yeah i don't know like in the grand scheme of things like uh, you know just we'll see what happens with like some of these picks like detroit don't know what you're gonna do eagles they could trade down for all we know they feel like they have a complete team unless they have a lot of free agencies of free agents too coming out i can i can harp i I think if 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 another team i can see eagles using their pick because they have guys like jason kelsey and Fletcher, well, they're not going to use a, they're not going to use on the center, but Fletcher, <laughs> Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave are both um, free agents after this season. True, so I can see that, and James Bradbury at corner. If they if they can't lock him down for a long term deal, I can see I them. Think they can lock him down. With, I don't think they're hurting for money too badly, but we'll see. We'll no, see what happens. That, that is a that's a pretty that's well run organization. That's interesting. That is interesting because we can go to over the cap and just start looking at free agencies because I know we're going to basically actually, be looking at. This I love agency. the way that this is laid out too because you, I'm going, I'm going down the list at six. You got Arizona Cardinals. I know we didn't want this to be a draft conversation or anything like that. I'm fine with it. <laughs> we look <laughs> at ahead, we look at Arizona Cardinals at six. They have notable free agents of JJ Watt, AJ Green, Kelvin Beecham at offensive tackle, cornerback Byron Murphy, go Huskies, uh, center Rodney Hudson. So you can see them. They're going to keep Byron Murphy, and I think they're going to let everyone else go unless they bring back J.J. Watt on a one-year deal, unless they go after an edge at six, which I can see it. Yeah, and um, 
you know, the, the, a lot of a lot of teams are probably kind of in that same boat where the majority of their pieces are set and they just need to fill Best. in whatever they need to fill in. I just I just love this because it's just like I, I really just want to sometimes I'm going to start looking into like because now it's actually fun because, you know, before. Right. Whenever we looked at the draft, it's always, oh, we Seahawks are at like pick 25 or 24 yeah. because, you know, we where either made it to one and done in the playoffs at most or mm-hmm. like we just fell short. So we always have that 20 overall pick or something like that. Right. Um now we can actually just say, oh, who could we get? Or if we do trade down, how far should we trade down and still get someone great? Yeah, and that's that, that's what it comes down to, right? Because there's not a lot of generational talents, I think, in this year's draft. You're right. just looking for someone with the the right skill set and attributes to plug into your system and execute your system well. It's the Bill Belichick approach, right? Like if you have a system, you know, find players that fit into your system facts and right now i'm seeing a lot of mock drafts where if we're at number two there's a lot of people that are just saying bryce young or cj stroud because they know bryce just, that's just lazy this is kind of like lazy well, I mean, that's the that's the first one because here's the thing whether you like it or not we're going to have a quarterback issue coming for up front unless we Gino, both just for context both gino and drew lock are free agents after the season so i'm not saying no gino's going to get a deal we are we all know that we don't yeah. know it's going to be a two or three year deal facts Give him like the Kirk Cousins type of deal. I'd be 100% behind that. Where, I'm you know, fine with it. Yeah. He deserves his money. Um, Drew Locke, I don't know. Very unsure. If, if you can get him on a backup deal, I'm fine yeah, with it. Yeah, unless we're going to do the whole thing of like, hey, Drew Locke, just be patient because, you know, Gino's here and, you know, he was a backup for a while and then see how he's flourishing. But I don't, I don't trust Drew Locke from what he has shown in the league on the Broncos. So... Again, I'm just saying, consider looking at a quarterback now. You have that quarterback. Sure, that costs a, a huge pick. But at the same time, we can at least say we don't have to worry about quarterback for the future. And then, of course, we got to worry about our defense afterward. But that's just a that's another thing to go about. And, of course, like you said, someone's going to go after C.J. Stroud. So if C.J. not – C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, those are – and uh, Caleb, Caleb Williams won the Heisman today, right? Uh, Who won the Heisman? I did not see that. Actually. Caleb Williams, the USC quarterback. Is, is uh, yeah, 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 but he's not high up for um, unless someone just surprises us and is like, "What we're taking him?" I think it's the narrative. It's a money making narrative for the media to push a quarterback race for the top pick in the draft. Yeah, because the top three that... quarterbacks is Bryce Young from Alabama, CJ Stroud from Ohio State, and Will Levis from Kentucky. That's in the top five picks as of right now. Yeah, and then you can add. I think you can add Caleb Williams into that just because people will. will look at him based off of Heisman alone, I'm, which I'm, really, I'm looking at, a, I'm looking at like a couple mock drafts and the next quarterback after Will Levis at four doesn't go off the board until 23 <laughs> with the Giants with really? uh, Anthony Richardson from Florida. And then really? this is mock draft, this is mock draft. Remember yeah, yeah, okay, mock draft. So also Ojulari, uh, uh, Anza's Ojulari's brother, BJ Ojulari is up as an edge from LSU. So I don't know where he's going to go. Um, they're also saying Noah uh, Sewell is going to go to the, again, mock draft, is going to go to the Vikings at 30. But I'm trying to see where the other quarterback mentioned. Oh, my gosh. Where'd he go? I could just be I could just be overlooking him. But it, the short of it is, uh, you know, he's not that high up on quarterbacks as of right now. And then, of course, Dolphins forfeited their first-round pick because of the stuff with, uh, I think, it was the Patriots or something like that. No, I think um, it was the allegations of tanking, right? Yeah, so they had the twenty fourth overall pick, and it's gone. So yeah, that's just <laughs> off the board. So you can move everyone else up one pick, basically. 
essentially. Yeah, and we'll see what happens, but um, I see Nolan. Ooh, if we can get Nolan Smith and Edge at 35, at pick 35. So, like, basically take over the leftover edges. That would be cool, too. But this is just a world if we took a quarterback first. If we took an edge first, then after that, you can just go get you a, a value quarterback. I would say go get a value quarterback and see what he does for you, period. Yeah, I don't think any, I think it's the same thing that Tennessee is doing with um, Patrick Will. Is it Patrick Willis, right? That's his name. Ooh, with in terms of uh, for the, the who Tennessee drafted at like third round, I think it was. Um, is it Patrick Willis? I'm trying. I'm blanking on the name right now. I'll Malik, look up really. You mean Malik Willis? Yeah, Malik, Malik Willis. Willis. Yeah, that's yeah, what it yeah, was. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's essentially what they're doing right now too. Is they're trying to figure out like hey, he's not guy, ready. He's not ready. We know that, but it can he be ready? You know, can he become that guy? Which is. At a third round pick, you know, you don't have as much invested into it. You know, you don't have the like it's gonna be a tough thing for it's a it's a tough pill to swallow for Jets fans that they drafted mm-hmm. Zach Smith at um Zach sorry, Zach Wilson at number two overall. And he's basically even if Mike White is hurt, you know, Zach Wilson isn't gonna come in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think Joe Flacco gets the um preference over him. Yeah, and I don't know. And you were talking about Caleb Williams, and it's funny because I'm looking at some of these mock drafts, and I don't see his name that high. But I, I'm on Tankathon, which is a fun little website. <laughs> it's a fun little it. website. <laughs> it's a fun little website called Tankathon. Because who, who's tanking first, right? But anywho, um, can we, I'm yeah. gonna see where he would go. That's a. I'm gonna look at that as we go. But um, we can definitely like if you know we can definitely continue as we go along. But yeah. uh, it's gonna but, be really uh, going nice back to it. Going back to our original conversation, sorry for mm-hmm. that huge tangent and all that, but we're talking about new faces Love that led teams. I, yeah, it's a good tangent to go on. Go ahead. Uh, leading, we we're talking about new faces leading teams to win. I, uh, I just want to round that out with like Tyler Huntley was looking pretty okay, like f- filling in for Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson. He of course went down with a concussion as well. A lot of t- a lot of players went down with concussions and this week, so um, hoping that he gets well soon too. But he, uh, I think they came away with the win. So. Um, for his contribution at least how little it was they at least it um you know it helped the team win overall uh another moving to another group of quarterbacks it's just been a weird week for quarterbacks there were a lot of good or mvp caliber quarterbacks that struggled this week and i'll just rattle them off really quick uh first off was the first one that comes to mind was patrick mahomes like they got the win against the the um they got the win against the broncos but he had three touchdowns with three interceptions. And I think one of them was like pretty bad too. Like it was like a, I can't remember if it, which, which one it was, if it was a second or third one, I can't remember, but um, mm-hmm. you know, he, it's something to keep an eye on because, you know, like chiefs are pretty one dimensional, right? Their run game. They basically Clyde Edwards. Hilaire has been, you know, um, kicked out of that running back room. It's Isaiah Pacheco. And, you know, he, he's good in stints, but, you know, they don't have a solid run game. So if Mahomes struggles, you know, the Broncos had a chance to come in and win this game. You know, that's that's when we had our eye on. Obviously, we want Broncos to lose, but you always want to root for the underdog. But on the other side of things, you know, you had um, you had Russ. Russ had a um, – he was actually starting to play pretty solid, but he took a pretty scary injury. That man did, like we were saying. Right like, when the Broncos needed, like, hey, this if he was, had to win a game, this is the game to win, and he, then injury. The the play that he got injured on, too, he was trying to he was trying to do things that Broncos fans expected him to do, which was improvise and get, get the ball close, or, you know, get the ball down the field because he got injured on, like, a 16-yard run, but his you could see the chunk of turf in his helmet, too. Like, 
his head went oh. straight into the turf, and that hits harder than any linebacker, any safety is the is the it's, ground. It's not the initial contact with the ground; it's after that the recoil. Con- yeah, the recoil, especially with depending on how the ground is and what field you're on. So yeah, you know. <laughs> other other quarterbacks that were out there that look, that were, you know, they were giving MVP clout, but <laughs> they kind of floundered this week. Was the big one was Tua? Like, what the fuck happened with that game? <laughs> we were all watching it, and I think uh, it looked completely ineffective against the Chiefs. Or sorry, not the Chiefs, uh, the Chargers. And mm-hmm. any MVP clout that he has should just be redirected immediately to Tyree Kill because Tyree Kill had two touchdowns. One of them was this, this hilarious fumble that um, Jeff Wilson had a fumble. All of a sudden, there's a scrum, and you just see the ball pop out. Tyree Kill grabs it, and you know, ain't nobody catching up to Tyree Kill, and he runs it in for 60 yards. And then he also had another 60 yard run from, or 60 yard touchdown from Tua. But um, other quarterbacks just, you know, Josh Allen struggle. That's worth keeping an eye on. I mean, he only had 147 yards and 25 of that came on a Dawson Knox touchdown grab. They still got the win, but um, another team that's pretty one dimensional. Uh, Dak struggled against Houston. That was one that we loved seeing, didn't we? Oh, I just wish that Houston could have like took the, I think what happened was in the short of it had a, like had a turnover and Houston just needed to score to end the game. Right. Didn't, they didn't score. Yeah, they did not score. And I think uh, Damian Pierce got hurt in that game too. And we love Damian Pierce because of the way he runs. And if they, he was on there, maybe things would have played out differently. But Dak took the blame for that one. Um, I think he was like, hey, it's on me, you guys. And everyone was like, no shit, guy. <laughs> but I love it no when that shit, happens. my dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, and then the last one I had down here was Tom Brady threw two picks against the Niners. But it's the Niners. You kind of you kind of expect it when, you're, when someone's in your face for the whole game. Tom Brady still threw like 50 passes that game. But. Um, it's not enough when when you have a team that's basically inevitable like the Niners. Um, other than that, you know, last group of uh, last group just wanted to rattle these off quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of injuries were piling up, so you know we had Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett's in concussion protocol. Mitch came mm-hmm. in and stuck it up. Kyler Murray, we just saw that game. Uh, he's feared to have an ACL injury. I don't know if it's come out yet because we are we are recording this on Monday night. So they still have to run their tests and stuff like that, but it's a feared ACL injury. So yeah, likely going to affect him in the next season, which you hate to see, but hate um, to see it, man. Tyler Huntley and Russ are both in concussion protocol. Like we said, and Mike white got annihilated by Milano. And so basically doesn't have any ribs left. Um, <laughs> one positive thing to look at, look forward to uh, Desmond Ritter is starting week, uh, starting for the Falcons and week 15 is basically like, Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what we got. I think that's where a lot of teams are going that are kind of out of the playoff picture. Um, obviously, your teams like Titans aren't going to start Malik uh, Malik Willis because you know they're still in the playoff picture. But teams that are you know out of the playoff picture, they're going to start trying to put out their their um, younger players, see what they can get going. So um, it'll be exciting to see. Um, yeah, move, yeah. Moving on to the playoff picture, I'll let you. I'll let you start we're talking to me out of the playoff picture now that we're we're heading into the uh, end game of the season. <sighs> Right. Playoff picture. So your Eagles are your first is your, the first team in the NFL to clinch a playoff spot as they should. <laughs> they they clinch their bye. Um, you got uh, Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens tied with Cincy on record, but they still hold a division. Um, just kind of like most teams are at risk of either failing to be out of the playoffs due to injuries or because of those. those are, that's an opportunity for other teams to get in just as uh Jets are are actually currently in the picture, you know, because the Chargers lost. Uh, Dolphins are about like one game safe from being out, so it's it's just a matter of like with Tua and the team just winning out with them. Uh, 
Yeah, because Jets and Patriots are still in the hunt. Definitely with the Patriots winning. Um, I think the game should be over by now, but I definitely know the Patriots won this game, unless the, the Cardinals just had a miraculous comeback. But if, if, with the Patriots winning, um, they're definitely still in the hunt now at 7-6 and because they were 6-6. Six and six. So it's just like teams that were below 500 all of a sudden just popping up around this point in the year. Uh, it's special. But uh, Giants, yeah, Giants have been sliding. They could also drop out. That's dependent on the team. Uh, as well, especially I think with us losing, I think we gave them a chance again. They still have a better chance now. Um, I like this. I love your notes. <laughs> they could be considered the Titans of the NFC, but the Titans are worse than the Giants, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, so I mean, they're less complete. But I, I understand yeah. what you I understand what you meant mean in your notes. But I'm also thinking like as a team as a whole, it's like I would rather have the if I had to choose a team to play with in the playoffs, I would just take the Giants over Tennessee. Yeah, that's a, that, 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 I think that comes down to kind of like on the defensive side of things because you got guys on the offense like um, Traylon Burks ain't no slouch at wide receiver and stuff like that too. But I still think that was a terrible. Uh, yeah, they shouldn't situation. have traded away AJ Brown. Basically. That was that, that, that GM rightly got fired. Uh, one thing I would a- add to that though is basically mm-hmm. when I was thinking about that is basically is that they they ride or die based on their best player. Like they're built. Both teams are built around their respective elite running backs, right? Facts. And it's just like. It's just like other teams that are built around their elite quarterbacks. It's just the same kind of thing as you're just choosing passing versus running. And so you take out that you take out Saquon, and I think that's what people are sussing out right now, is that you you take out Saquon and you force that team to make decisions, or you you force uh, Danny Danny Dimes to make decisions, and you can get a winning formula out of that because they're sliding right now. At- yeah, I mean Danny Dimes, he can only do so much, and I feel like they've they've managed. Daniel Jones in general on the job. It's a, it's a master class on how to how to coach a, how to coach the quarterbacks like ability, then, right? Don't and then basically you're saying I don't look. You are going to be a part of this team. I'm not phasing you out, but I don't need you playing hero on the team either. When you have all these weapons around you, and we'll even every once in a while a deep throw here and there, but most of the time let's get the ball out of your hands very quickly. Oh, in yeah. short. So and then, <laughs> and, I'll let you have this last one because we were definitely talking about it prior to starting the podcast. Oh the yeah, oh, about the NFC, the NFC South. Um, that's a division you need. It's worth keeping its eye on. Like we said, if if the the Saints had won their matchup against Bucks, all the teams in there would be five and eight. So you know we got four games left in the season. The yeah. fourth seed in the NFC South is two games behind the Bucks. So anything could happen. <laughs> it's, it's basically the Spider-Man meme where they're just like, "No, you, you, you." <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I, I both like and hate that you can that uh, uh, bits about this because you know you're gonna have a team. You could have a team with a losing record in the playoffs. I mean, I think the Seahawks have benefited from that in the past too. I think Beast Quake yeah. here. I think we we um, we were a losing team in the playoff. A, a team with a losing record in the playoffs, but. Um, if you look at it in terms of like fairness and like um, overall competitiveness, it just kind of mm-hmm. sucks because these guys are going to host a home game. Obviously if the NFL or, you know, the, the best case scenario for them is if the bucks host that because, you know, they are a bigger brand, I guess you could say, but um, <laughs> it's the funniest right. bit is that we've played Seahawks have played the NFC South um, every team in the NFC South, and we've lost to every single team in the NFC South. So of those five wins, or average five wins, one on each of those teams is from us. So you're welcome. You're welcome. Did we also talk about, uh, I don't know if we, did we miss that? Did we talk about Desmond Ritter starting? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk, we we I mentioned that briefly. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Because uh, that's actually exciting. Again, yeah. it's and exciting I, and to it's, see. It's, it's funny because they're doing that in a in a in a situation where they can still make the playoffs. What if he just comes out and he's just like, "I'm I'm the guy. I am, I am him." But I think <laughs> I, to, him. I think to be fair, uh, I don't know what the whole story around it is because I know I think Marcus Mariota is dealing with injury, but they were saying that I think Arthur Smith, Artie Smith, was saying like, um. We're we're doing it based off of performance, even if Mariota was healthy. So um, I mean, Mariota at least they they can at least say we gave Mariota a chance on we, this on uh, this season, so we know what we're gonna get out of him in different situations, and of course with improvements and stuff. I think it's about time, especially with where the season's at, where they're ranked at. Why not put out that rookie quarterback at this point? Yeah, for sure. Um, and then yeah, you know, of course with like the NFC South again as a whole, man, that is just funny that like this. It's like it's like you want to say they're the worst, but then it's like they can always surprise you. And yeah, I mean, I know our defense sucks, but at the end of the day, you got to give credit where credit is due. Um, the Carolina got that win. It, it hurts, hurts my soul. But um, yeah, you know, we'll we'll see how one that's last, going. Or, or uh, you just reminded me too. I think one other stat that I saw was that I think eight teams that we've played this year have had their season high or career high at rushing yards against us. Yeah. I yeah, mean, so. wasn't it the same that one year where our pass defense was sh- like shit? And then, like, yeah, like you had like guys like quarterback. You had like Matt Schaub had like 500 plus yards against us, I think, in, in one of those games. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's just so many quarterbacks, even if they were backups, like you're about to have a good game today. Or it was just like a quarterback that hasn't been doing good all season. All of a sudden, he had a career best in the game against the Seahawks. And it's just like, well, we suck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only way up, the only way from here is up, we would hope. <laughs> Yeah. Um, final point. This uh, this came up. I actually just seen this a little bit like today, if not last night. Um, so, yeah, the typical like uh, undisputed with Skip Bayless Skip. and, and um, you know, Uncle Shay himself, Shannon Sharp. Love Shannon Sharp, though. Uh, they had, you know, they, they, their their whole thing. Let's just be frank here. Their whole thing is hot takes, and Skip Bayless is kind of the guy that's always talking about Cowboys and Baker Mayfield and Tom Brady. They both have their Tom Brady bits and all this. T- I kind of been watching them for a while, um, not like back to back, but recently, Skip Bayless was just basically saying that um, Shannon Sharp because they got into a few because they were talking about the 49ers versus the Bucks, how Tom Brady played, da 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 da, and then Skip Bayless just basically kind of came out of nowhere and just said that like, well, you know uh he's better than you he got you know more you know he's better than you this and that and it was like somewhere i forgot what skip also said against shannon which is totally untrue or just totally wrong but then like when shannon sharp took the glasses off and was like hold up hold up hold up you you crossed a line because yeah how you gonna tell me first of all how you gonna just tell me that one guy played better than me there one's a tight end that's in the hall of fame has three rings uh and then you have a quarterback that has his share of rings but that's two different positions. It's apples and oranges. It's really apples and oranges. One, two. Don't how you so skip. How are you going to sit there having not played a snap in the NFL league and tell say how one person? Because then Shannon Sharp literally just said it, and he's like, "Well, I'm better than you then because I actually played in the NFL." <laughs> so it's weird. And the short of it is, everyone knows Skip was like reaching so hard, and you could kind of see Skip kind of doing a bit or whatever. Because there was a time when Shannon Sharp said something that got skip and then shannon sharp was like oh i'm gonna be respectful but like in this one shannon sharp or no uh skip bayless wasn't pretty much respectful when like shannon sharp was like, hold up stop 
stop, stop, stop. Cause you can't just disrespect me like that. So it, that's what, that's what people. it basically came down to. Right. It was that it, it so Skip was trying to make his out one of his outlandish like claims probably. And just mm-hmm. to summarize it, like Skip was making an outlandish claim and Shannon disagreed. And instead of Skip validating his argument with like with facts. assumptions and facts mm-hmm. and data or whatever you need to do, he went for a personal dig at um, Shay because uh, saying that Shay was jealous because Tom Brady is still out there playing and, you know, is better than Shay. Meanwhile, Shay is just like, dude, why you got it? <laughs> I have no regrets about my, his, t- he has no regrets about his time in the NFL. Three rings. That's more than any, a lot of players can say. Most players yeah. don't get one. And, yeah. you know, and he's in the hall of fame. He's got records up the Yahoo. Um, he's, he's doing stuff post like post NFL that I know that he loves doing compared to being in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he's a prime example of what you hope players can do once they leave the NFL, which is continue to build on the brand that they had as they were in, in, in in the NFL, right, where when they were playing professionally, mm-hmm. but I think the I think it's unanimous. I think the entire internet. It's hard to it's hard to unite the internet. So I want I, I want to say, <laughs> Skip, thank you for uniting the internet. But you're an ass hat, dude. Come on. Yeah, I mean, it, it, need, it, to say on that one, they, they, this is like a textbook example of like an ad hominem attack, just to like try to prove your point. If, as soon as he goes, when he's as soon as you start attacking someone's character, to justify your own argument then you lose all strength in your own argument you just look like an asshat yeah that, uh, you just went for the personal dig because you you know you have nothing quote unquote personal dig <laughs> right especially when the only thing is like that skip knows that 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 is the show he's going to retire off of he got a big four-year contract and they even talked about it like it was a free agency pickup he had like a four-year 40 something million dollar deal with fox um i believe it was fox or yeah fox if not someone else for that particular show so he's making like ten million or eight million a year just for being on that one show alone. Just so. just saying stupid shit. I wish I could get paid a lot of money to right. say stupid shit. If we had a we show, do this for free. <laughs> yeah, free right now on our own time. It's not our job. We don't have a production team on the side, but you know, yeah. he, he's gonna just say some wild stuff. And that was one of his wild things. And I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say on it. Like, there's nothing else to be said. <laughs> yeah, I ain't got nothing else to say on it. So let's uh, let's just get into those week 14 games now that we know um, if you can actually uh, oh actually we got the score for the Pats. Good. Um, so let's get into those week 14 games uh, for first of all, I lost this week, but that's fine. I mean, it's already towards the end of the season. It is what it is. But hey, we OK um, with it. I'm okay. we just I'm having fun. Right. right. So we got the Raiders at Rams. Uh, 17 16 Rams. We both got this one wrong, and that was because you know Baker came in with, with the you know it's 16 3 with five minutes or four minutes left in the fourth quarter. And I think everyone just saw that play and we were just like, hmm, but let's just see what Baker does, especially when you have to also understand Baker didn't have much film in general, even with the Carolina Panthers, and then he just came into a game out of nowhere and just lit it up. So I feel like this is like a once. I don't know about once in a yeah to once. I'm gonna say this is a once in a lifetime kind of event right here. At least enjoy this history that was made. But besides that, like we'll see how Baker does with the Rams. Yeah, once once teams understand what kind of concept they're trying to run with him, they'll they'll adjust accordingly. Facts. Uh, the next game, Eagles at Giants, forty eight to twenty two. We were both right. Eagles doing Eagles things, and they clinched the playoff run. Yeah, and, there's not much we need to say about this one. Giants right. really didn't have a chance. They kind of showed us who they really were. I mean, they, they started scoring towards the end. Um, Jets at Bills, uh, 20 to 12 Bills. We were both right on this one. You got the QB injury to Mike White. So we're going to see what's what's going to happen with them going forward. And then, of course, Bills got them back this time around. Yeah, they uh, 
because uh, you know anytime you play the Jets, you don't know what you're going to get with because that defense is, I would say, top three. Yeah, the Jets' defense is good. It's just their offense is just unsure. Just so, like, down. so would you want the Jets situation or the Seahawks situation right now? It's 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 two sides of the same coin <laughs> <laughs> because or you know it's the same thing. You get, it, I would I'll tell you what I don't want to have the Broncos situation right now where I don't have any flexibility to improve. I the love side that I love how you didn't pick either one. It's just we don't want the Broncos. We don't want to be the Broncos. I can see season. like we talked about this. I can see the Jets coming in and, and trading up to draft a quarterback. Oh my gosh, I still can't believe, man. They the Broncos did a huge trade like that. And I was really being optimistic. Like I'm not saying they were gonna go win every single game. I was like 10-6 or something like that. Yeah, we didn't no oh. one had no one we we uh we joke about this a lot. And you know, we hope Russ gets well, but man, he really stunk it up for them this uh, he did. this season. We'll see what happens in the over they need a they need a good offseason. That's all I can say for them. They still, we we talked about this last week too. They got they still have a first round pick because of the Bradley Chubb trade they got from yep. the pick they got from they Miami. Had to do, they they did that trade because they needed a first round pick. <laughs> and it sets him up too, because I think Bradley Chubb was in line for, uh, for a big like contract. a top five deal at his position. Yeah, he, so he got it from the he got it from the Dolphins. Um uh so next up, next game, Browns at Bengals, 23-10 Bengals, both right on this one. Bengals are in the playoff swing of things, and like my last point on that is Deshaun Hoop because like it's just granted he hasn't been on the field, but at the same time, like we'll see what the Browns do because this is this is who they traded for, yeah. You know, who they paid the big, they paid a fully they paid guaranteed, a fortune for him. They really paid the full. They, I think his whole contract is fully guaranteed, right? I I think a large portion of it. I don't know if it's, it's fully. I guaranteed. think it was because his whole he got his whole season um in a signing bonus for this season alone because he knew he was going to miss time. Yeah, and but, I think that's I think that was part of the selling point for this deal. Right. Hey, just pay me for the season, and I'll come back later on against the Houston Texans, and we'll do something. Even though he didn't really throw a touchdown on him, but uh, I have it right here. So his deal. Oh yeah, it is fully guaranteed. Five years, two hundred thirty million with Cleveland featured. A, and also featured a $45 million signing bonus and his yeah. 22 salary, 2022 salary is $1,035,000. But that's after he, they, cause they just, they front loaded it to the signing bonus. That's all they did. Or, so. Yeah. They, yeah. So one thing yeah. I wanted to say about this, um, $45 million just off of this season alone. Well, yeah, without, well it'll be, we he's guaranteed but, that, but it'll be spread out over the next four years. Um, oh, but that's one, true. That's true. One point I had on this game. I maybe hot take, maybe not hot take. What's up? I think Bengals are the team to beat in the AFC. Uh, they did take some injuries, uh, but I see them as you know the you don't need to be elite on both sides of the ball, but I see them as an extremely good offense with a serviceable to very good defense. They did take some injuries, like Hendrickson. I think he's hurt. He broke his wrist, and so he'll he'll miss a few weeks. I can see them taking the Ravens' spot in the at the top of the division because they they are tied at record but um ravens are dealing with issues that injury mm-hmm. issues at quarterback and now if they're on their third quarterback they're gonna have trouble um but Bengals are my team to beat i mean dolphins showed us who they were chiefs you know chiefs have their holes um uh, bills have their holes but i i wouldn't be surprised you're if, putting if the, Bengals the bills right now though like in my opinion i say bills is the team to beat until further notice because that's like the last team the Bengals need to beat to prove to me that they're the team to beat yeah in my opinion because uh, if we if we if we order it especially based off of this week right you know our mm-hmm. top four teams in the afc would be um dolphins Bengals, bills and chiefs because of injuries to lamar obviously that I, i'm not considering the ravens right now because we don't know the extent of his injuries um, you know, you also have your guys like Chargers that are in the hunt and that kind of thing. But those those are mm-hmm. your top four teams, right? Yeah. Dolphins kind of showed us who they were. Um, you know, they 
they didn't play a particularly elite defense this week, but I think the Chargers schemed it so well that they eliminated because Tua didn't just struggle. He floundered. He he was his like he had like a 30% completion rate or something ridiculous yeah. like that. And you know, that just doesn't happen in this in this uh, Dolphins offense that we're accustomed to seeing this week. And same with the Chiefs, right? The Chiefs obviously played a very good defense this week, but they got the win, but they had to fight for it. It wasn't a given. Um, That's true. I mean, at the same, but at the same time, and I still think like Bills and Chiefs are still up there. It's one of those things where it's like Bengals already got the Chiefs, sure, and we can see if they had another matchup. We'll see what happens. I just feel like that if you get another matchup with the Chiefs, it's not going to be like it's going to be a brawl. Yeah, but with the, <laughs> the Bills, Chiefs are going to take it personally because at the least Chiefs have the, lost them three times in a row. Facts, facts, and with the Bills, at the very least. They Stephon Diggs, Stephon, Stephon Diggs. Diggs, yeah, that's that's, that's the, all you need to say. It's the Stephon Diggs show, and then if not, Josh, Josh Allen can, put, can run. The team. He can run he, it. Yeah, he can put the team on the back. That's what they did this week. And to beat them, you have to scrap, you have to scheme, and every and you have to play hard. Like you have to be, you have to like, you have to be a dog on the defense. Like you just have to have that passion and just go and hit. You got to scheme it well. You still got to account for Stephon Diggs. I will. I I accept that point. But I will also just lay out. No, the this, this is your hot take. I'm not going to take your, yeah, way yeah, your no, hot no. take. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not taking this as like an argument type of thing. I'm just going to lay out one last last little premise for it, and then I'll uh, I'll uh, let it be. Which is um, so. the Bengals feature an offense with Joe Burrow, who has that dog in him. We know yeah. he has that dog in him. Of course, they got Joe Mixon, Sama Ajay Perrin at running back. A mm-hmm. an offensive line that they went out and they spent. They got all the guys that they needed, and they struggled. To be fair, they struggled at the beginning of the season. Like they were, Joe Burrow was on track to get like historic numbers and sacks, but they're starting to gel. Mm-hmm. And you have a wide receivers room with Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and uh, who am I blanking on? But how much do you think that Super Bowl headache is going to kick in? Uh, usually that headache kicks in early in the season. So may, we, we could have made that argument that they were hung over from that. But who am I forgetting on the defense? It's T Higgins. Sorry. Those are, those are three pretty, very good to elite receivers. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, you know, you have an offense that features that. Yeah. There, there's injuries on that right now too, with I think T Higgins and Tyler Boyd are both first, but yeah, that's, that's my take on it. Facts. I'm with you. Huh? I, that's a good hot take. I'm just going to say it's going to be the bills. It's not really much of a hot take. I guess the one thing is, who would your hot take be for the NFC at this point? I don't want to talk about the NFC. You have to. You have to because <laughs> so it's not. Eagle, Eagles are, I will tell you this. If there is a team that shouldn't be in the conversation, we had this mm-hmm. conversation now, but I don't want to make it seem like a offline. Yeah. I'm stealing your point. Minnesota is the team that I would say is the uh, is the biggest can, pretender. Can, yeah, that's the. Oh, about that. I thought you were gonna say like they're the biggest, like they're, they're the team to beat. I'm like, oh, what? Fuck no. <laughs> they, we, 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 you brought that up, right? And what did I say to you? They are the, they are the passing defense equivalent of the Seahawks' run defense. Facts. Right? They they play a lot of off ball, and they give up huge amounts of yards off ball it's really just because they just don't from the video i found from espn the short of it is they just they they give a lot of like they don't they give a lot of cushion they basically like pull back their corners a lot to the point where it's like you're gonna give up a lot of yards to receivers and the lions on the vikings for teams that throw in those short and intermediate throws that's just a field day they don't it's basically like running the ball you can actually start to throw 20 plus yard passes on the Vikings if you if their D, you know, their D-line doesn't get to you in time and stuff like that. So that's what that's what was shown in the Lions. And I like that's why we that's why we picked the Lions one. We'll get to that one and talk yeah. more about it. But yeah, Vikings, I'm with you. Biggest pretenders. Maybe we can say Eagles are the team to be because they're 12 and one. 
Yeah, if we had to like do a hot take, like hot take outside of them, maybe the 49ers got a shot. Just uh, yeah, they 49ers and Cow. So Ooh, those two, yes, yes. So Ten and both, three Cowboys and the nine and four 49ers. Both of those teams are going to live and die by their quarterback situation. And I think that's I think that those are two teams that are very complete everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, besides their quarterback, you know, what about they, what about the Commandos? The Commandos, I love command, going. What about the Commandos coming in and so that'd be like a dark horse would be the Commandos. <laughs> he comes in like a wrecking ball. It's well, like, dark. The true dark horse would be the Lions if they can make it in. I will give them to, I'll, if they make it into the playoffs. They're my dark horse team. Yeah, Dan Campbell's winning most uh, coach of the year if that had just happens at the midway point because Derek Carr had to cry and they they got like one or two games out of it. Dan Campbell probably threw a chair and we wall. lost, so we like we're literally now. We're they're we're right below us. So yeah, like if we we're only lose, one game ahead of them. We I lose think, again right? and again. We're we're setting them up for a playoff run, basically. Yeah. And so, so, <laughs> so yeah, if we were going to do hot takes, it's probably Niners or Cowboys. But I would lean towards Niners because fuck the Cowboys and also they're they're offensively. They, we'll like deal with the Forty Niners, you know, later. We'll we'll deal with them later. But like you know, in terms of like if they do, if they're like the uh, the hot take going that far. We'll take care of them later. I don't know. We'll we'll do something next season. <laughs> yeah. um, so getting right back to the scores of Texans and Cowboys. Texans, we said this before, they could have had the game. They should have kicked for the three. Doesn't really matter that much because, you know, Dak went down the field. But I can see why they went for it because, like, well, hey, they got to go game full. Yeah, they had to put the full, like, football field for them, and they did. And they started throwing the ball, and I said, yep. Y'all messed up so hard. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we talked about this too. Brandon or uh, Damian Pierce. Uh, I don't know if he was in that on that on those. I don't last think he was. He wasn't. Line. Yeah, I don't think he was in. And what it, actually what happened? What it looked like? It looks like they messed up the handoff for it. Really? The, I didn't. I didn't like, get a close look at it. If I just you saw see that the and... yeah, if you see the last play, I know they they show the play where he's trying to run inside. He he did that whole turn because he went the opposite direction than where the um the handoff the running back right? did. Oh, yeah, the yeah, running yeah. back went to the right. He first went to the left to like hand it off, and then he said, "Oh shit, that's my take." Some people are saying that like it was like a planned play, but I'm just like. Not with that quarterback on the Houston Texans. You ain't gonna try to run him in like from three yards out. It's like we're t- it's a lot of games we're getting running back games uh, from uh, last week, right? And like this was kind of re- reminded me of the uh, Jets Minnesota game. Well, obviously the, the situation mm-hmm. was different, right? Because the team that went for it on the goal line in this situation was up, not down, but um, end result was the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, there's not much else to say. Like Texans could have had. I would have loved the Texans. I would have loved over that, that. Not only that, they would have had two wins. And you know Maybe they, they fall down, and they had they they hit fuck around, and you find out <laughs> that's what the Broncos are doing. We end up with the number one overall. It'll be it's a stretch because I think the Broncos it, are two stretch. games behind. Yeah, but it's so, a like, huge if, stretch. But well, we're, the, we're definitely trading down if that happens. I already know it. The funny thing is, is if we tie if they tie on wins, like Texans have a tie in their in their record book. So like, the, oh, that does count. I think so. Like still, they just half had a, a half loss. Yeah, and so they would technically move down to two. <laughs> I know. Like again, if we, again, if we had the number one pick, I don't think we're choosing at number one because then at that point people are going to say scream quarterback, if not an edge player. But I think we're just going to trade down. And if you look in the Discord over there, I did the interactive um, PFN mock draft simulator, mm-hmm. and I saw a nice like draft like draft deal that you know you're saying if people wanted to trade up. What if the Lions traded up for pick two and they gave us their pick four and fifteen? Same draft. I would, and plus probably future ones too. And you can, and you can, 
no future ones. It's it's actually all of it. Oh, excuse me. There is a one future one while those first two are from their yeah. their first round. The only reason I, I'm saying that too is we can still trade know. again. Is what I'm saying. You can still trade another fourth if you want to trade the fourth, which I actually did in the simulation while we were talking, <laughs> um, and still got the players. What do you mean, man? Life's a simulation. Life is a simulation, but the short uh, of it is, I think we can do something like that. With yeah. The, one last thing on that uh, that situation too is that like you know when it will come draft time, you know the only th- it's never surefire. You know, we, we've yeah, talked right. about that time and time again. But what what the, what most people's draft boards come down to, at least when you're in that top, you know, top five to top ten, mm-hmm. or, you know, top five, top ten players, mm-hmm. everybody's pretty much got the same draft board. So, you know, a, a team going up from four to two is very feasible if they know that that player isn't going to be available come four. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so moving on, here we go with the Vikings at Lions. We know like the Lions had the win. Sh- Lions are still on that win streak, and they actually prevent the Vikings from clinching the division, which is always but, fun, right? But um, at the end of the day, oh my gosh, Justin Jefferson is like I don't even want to face the the Vikings at this stage because I know I remember last time we faced them and we got that you know we got them down to like the like in like the last seconds and we had all the goal line stops, but. Currently, their offense this season, I don't even want to face it. Not Dalvin Cook would run all over us. Because he had, like, did he have over 200 yards? If not, he was like 190. If yeah, not he was like one. He, I think he was very close to 200. Oh my gosh. That man, Maybe one he, touchdown as well. Oh, he did. He had a touchdown, if not two. So I don't even want to get, I don't even want to get into it. Justin Jefferson, he, I. The only like, reason, I think the only reason he wasn't the top court, the top wide receiver is because I think Jamar Chase went off this week as well. I I thought uh, Jamar Chase's stat what what was his what was Jamar Chase's stat line then uh, I can, I can look, look up it. Justin Jefferson's real quick because I I was watching that game and I was like Justin Jefferson bro what are you doing like oh my god actually he had over two hundred yards this game he had eleven uh, so Justin Jefferson had over eleven he had eleven receptions for two hundred and twenty three yards his longest was a forty seven yarder no touchdowns though oh okay that's I think that's what it came down to because I think. Uh, what I'm seeing here is that uh, Jamar Chase had about 119 yards and a touchdown, so I think that's probably what it came down to. And he, yeah. oh, he had a yeah, he had a rushing touchdown as well. What's uh, Jamar Chase's uh, I guess season stats for just like yards and? Let me see touchdowns. if this thing totals it up somewhere. But okay, here it is on the 2022 season because you got to remember, I think he missed four games. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got so you. he's got in nine games because we we played mm-hmm. what, 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, or 13 at least with the bye week. Mm-hmm. Uh, 64 receptions, 821 yards, and seven receiving touchdowns. In this, I don't see yeah. rushing touchdowns, but he got a rushing touchdown this week. Right. I'm, I'm oh, not doing rushing. He's got, he's got, let me count this up really quick. Do it. Do it. He's got three. Am I looking at this right? Is it... Check his stats. It's okay. Check those stats. Take your time. He's got seven rushing touchdowns? This Wait, what? This season. No way. I haven't been watching their games like that, so I wouldn't, you know. Because September 11th was the first game of the season. Yeah, according to this. I'm clicking on a stat. Oh, no, sorry. Right the, I was looking at the wrong. Okay. Oh, my mistake. Those are total bro, touchdowns. Okay, bro, don't so, do so that yeah, to the, me. Uh, PF, Yo. <laughs> PFF has, so he's got seven total touchdowns on the season. Okay, okay. Um, Which includes one rushing touchdown. Facts. Okay, yeah, I see it right here. He only had... Oh. No, actually, no rushing touchdowns. Yeah, I, I'm just nothing. making shit up. He only had five attempts for eight yards total on the yeah. rushing side of things. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, uh, Justin Jefferson's at 99 receptions for 1,500 yards and six touchdowns. So, 99 receptions. 
Oh, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah. Justin Jefferson, 99 receptions for 1,500 yards and six touchdowns. I'm not looking at like rushing or anything like that, but yeah. Yeah. Or like, it's just funny. Like, you know, they're basically 1A and 1B that came out of LSU. Like, they're the, they're like the top two receivers in the league along so, with Stephon in your Gibbs. In your opinion, um, we're just talking about receivers real quick. I, mm-hmm. I, I want to put this up because people, some people were talking about it. Uh, uh, Stephon Diggs or Justin Jefferson? Fuck. I probably would say Stephon Diggs. There's and the reason I would say he plays, right? I like the way he plays. I, I'm not saying that Justin Jefferson cannot play like him. Mm-hmm. But Justin Jefferson is an elite go ball threat. He has a lot of versatility deep in the field. But Stephon Diggs, he's got that he's got that dog in him in, in the intermediate game where he's an ex, absolutely he's probably the best route runner in the league right now, or one of the best. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to beat that because when you're an elite route runner, we've we we were blessed with you know how many years of Doug Baldwin where he could just shake a guy at the line line of scrimmage and Doug you know. Baldwin, Golden Tate, Percy Harvin to Tyler Lockett now. Tyler, well, Tyler Lockett definitely. Let's not let's not disrespect him. He had good routes. I know a lot of his routes were like the deep, but you have to remember like that that one he, touchdown he's he did in the, in the end, end zone did. where he just oh, had yeah. his toes, bro. I literally. Oh, this is what I also meant to say early in the podcast. Thank you, Grandma, for my tyler lockett christmas ornament because that was like the best gift i could ever get i ain't gonna lie that was the uh, best gift. i think i remember you telling me about that that's that was a cool it gift. was literally the same like it's his position it's literally like how he catches it was the it. catch against the rams you're talking yeah. about yeah yep. <laughs> yeah he, mom he, he, actually he, mom my well I, I call her mom so mom got me that uh that ornament uh last christmas and i remember just like what is that i was like what the heck is wow like if any especially we don't have like our own big tree as of yet i would i i just love that that's like the start of my ornament collection is a tyler lockett yeah um like ornament christmas ornament and like in and it's in the action green uniform too by the way oh nice best yeah uniform. That, that's I, I like that question that's, that's a fun question because you know there's so many elite receivers in the league like we would we would we would be throwing cooper cup in the conversation had he been healthy this season because obviously come up yeah coming off a injury. triple crown true true i still wouldn't take cooper cup for some odd reason that's just me though yeah i don't know why but um moving on ravens and steelers 16 14 ravens both wrong and you know we saw that tyler huntley brought well he has they won but he's in the concussion protocol now and we know that trubisky is very bad yeah he threw like three picks Something ridiculous like that. You were watching. It was the fact that it was just like the whole time it was just. Red Zone just kept you. going to it, man. Like that's. <laughs> anytime <laughs> they, they, the only reason they went to that game is because Mitch threw a fucking pick. I'm like, come on, where's the scores? <laughs> oh, because that, that game was before the Seahawks came on, right? Yeah. So they're my morning games in that first set of games. Oh, man. But that was like, you were telling me that, like, yeah, Trubisky sucks, bro. I'm like, why are you watching the Steelers? Is there not anyone else that's on or something like that? I, I am a like... slave to what Red Zone and <laughs> Andrew Siciliano presents to me. I got you. I got you. Um, so other than that, uh, yeah, Ravens just ecked out a win. Um, Jaguars and Titans. I, I, I want to hear what your take is on that after you've been like screaming Titans most of the season. We we both got this one wrong, by the way. We mm. both picked the, uh, the Titans to win because I, I actually got on board. I was like, you know what? The Titans. Why not? And then the Jaguar says, but why not us? <laughs> yeah, I think this game is it was a weird one. Um, I think Titans came out to a 14-0 lead early. I could be wrong on that. And mm-hmm. they just kind of like squandered it. And I think what that came down to was that the um, 
the the Jaguars were able to get all up in Ryan Tannehill's business after that mm-hmm. drive. And once they they turned that defense or that offense and it made that inefficient or ineffective, they just kind of had the opportunities on the offensive side of the ball to feed their pieces, right? And then you know mm-hmm. Travis Etienne, he's a good he's a great running back. I mean, they made it. He was good enough for them to for to warrant them trading away James Robinson, um, which mm. is a funny situation altogether. Because I don't know if James Robinson is even really playing for the Jets right now, too. I think he got benched as well over there. So that's something they have. Uh, they, I mean, they you know Jets again. They lost Brees Hall, their you know rookie running back sensation early in the season. Which I wonder what the Jets would look like if he was still there. If he was still on the team, I feel like their record would be a lot different because they relied on that run game a bit to open mm. things up. So. That's just like a, you know, what if could have been, but um, yeah. And the other thing is, I think the Titans are more than the Titans. No, they're not. They they won their division. There's they're playing. They're in the same division as the Colts, the Texans, and mm-hmm. one other team who's I'm blanking Jags. On, the Jags. And Which you know, they lost to, but they they're like to. Jags. Uh, the Jags are lower, so unless the Jags went out, they can have a, a a chance of some kind. I don't even think they have a chance. Well, we're while well, we're talking, we'll look this up. But it, I think the they're not eliminated. They're actually under. They're beneath the Chargers and the Jets. If they keep winning, there's and they're five and eight right now. Yeah, so now. They're, so they're two games back of the Titans. So mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. it'll it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Because I'm just trying to I'm trying to see if they can even get like the wild card spot because you ain't gonna get you're, you're not gonna catch up to the Titans at this point with that with that. Uh, yeah, they're two games behind, but like with you being five eight and the Titans being seven, unless the Titans just lose out, which is possible, yeah. it is possible. Like the Jaguars can actually, they went up four, they went up four spots after uh, beating the Titans, so they're just underneath the Jets. So if the Jets lose and the Chargers are just up and down, I feel like the Jaguars have a chance. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, also, like uh, when you were talking about they went fourteen zero, I actually did saw some of the highlights and like they were actually running like Titans were running the ball very effectively with Derrick Henry and their you know the other backs that they have they were actually doing pretty well and then it just like they just go, they went cold and the Jags were just like yeah we're gonna let's start scoring yeah let's keep scoring <laughs> that's what it came down to and thirties thing they lost thirty six to twenty two but it's not as bad as this next one which I got it wrong like my God. But the Bucks at the at the 49ers, 35 to 7. They didn't really get that touchdown to like the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, you want to talk about more of that game? Yeah, I could talk a little bit. I hate seeing the 49ers succeed, but it was a good game by them. Their defense is at elite. You know, like I said, top three defenses. I would probably put them up there with Jets and probably Broncos come to mind. But if there are other options, I'll probably uh, edit that. But those are the top three defenses. And you, when you mm-hmm. have that and a solid run game, you're going to win a lot of games. That's just what it comes down to. That you could plug in whoever you care at the at, at quarterback, which is why even if Brock Purdy isn't playing on Thursday, they still have a guy named CMC that's at the running back room. Just keep One, running the ball. Just keep running the ball. That's all the Panthers did, and they did that 48 times to a great level of success. Because then that'll open up play action, and you know you, those play action plays are really good for young for quarterbacks, especially the ones the ones that don't have a lot of pro experience. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Jones has a lot of pro experience, but it also Josh Jones can also use his legs, so they have a lot of versatility in that offense. So I'm not writing the the Niners off. Um, one thing, one takeaway I did have from this game, though, the big injury I saw was that Debo was carted off, very distraught. He thought he broke his ankle, but it's a high ankle sprain, so they're expecting four weeks. But we know how high ankle sprains. You know, Mac Jones can come back from a high ankle sprain because he plays quarterback, but it's Debo Samuel. Yeah, especially when you're playing both wide receiver and running back. I just, I would say, take your time. You don't need to, like, just take your time, ride out because y'all have a good record. You're, you're number one in the NFC West. 
I would just say like heal up until you're basically just come back during playoffs. Essentially. Yeah, and I I mean if it, depending on the outcome of Thursday's game, you know it's very good likely that they're going to win on Thursday. Even so. if we were to win this game, are we going to win the rest of our games? No, Man, well that's the, that's the thing, right? And they so, have a better record because right now they have a better record than us, and I think they have the win over us. Even if we split it, it's going to come down to record, and they have the better record. Oh yeah, and so, um. You know, Niners' remaining schedule after Thursday is the Commanders, Raiders, and then Cardinals. So, dear God, <laughs> Commanders is the only one that is really going to put up a fight there. Right. Facts. Um, and the uh, question for you: So, Brock, you know, Brock Purdy, formerly known as Mister Mister Irrelevant, as I said before, <laughs> irrelevant, irrelevant, irreverence. I don't know. You know, it's it's <laughs> late. It's late now. Um, so, question for you: Say, Brock Purdy does very like sense like he's very sensational the rest of this season what does that mean for trey lance i do you keep you know if you do you keep investing because time is time is an investment do you keep investing time in the development of trey lance as an organization or do you ride the brock purdy wave that's coming right if you can if you can work it and i think you know it's the same thing that you can ask the jets right they're gonna i don't think they'll have any problem cutting ties with zach wilson and I think mm-hmm. that's the same thing that can happen with Trey Lance. You know, he had we we we, got, we went back and forth on this one too. And I was I learned a little bit from you as well as to like how he was in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he had this elite level. He had elite that level. One season, had one season of full football. Yeah, and in that one season, he had crazy numbers. And then the following season was the COVID season, I think. And so he didn't really get as much time out there. Um, I if you're if if I'm the Niners organization, I. You have the option of keeping Trey Lance on a fifth year option as well. So you can get you can keep Trey Lance for two more years. You don't have to make this decision right Fair. now. On Fair. a on a on an organization favorable favorable deal, which is his rookie contract. So if you can ride out Brock Purdy, see what you got there. Uh, you know, like you always say, if there's a, enough film on a guy, you know, defenses will find out. And you don't mm-hmm. want to be caught flat footed going all in on Brock Purdy and then finding out, you know, he ain't it. Yeah, so, what if know, it's like a Nick Foles situation with Brock Purdy? Yeah, there you go. That's a prime example. Actually, right. Nick Foles would do very well in this offense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't have to do much, but like, I'm, that's just my thing is because they put a lot of picks into Trey Lance. I just feel like they're going to get, they have to give another season or two for it. We'll see. Yeah, I don't, but, think, uh, yeah, I don't I think, think you're just going to say, hey, Trey Lance, bye-bye, I, you know, bye, and then Brock Purdy. Because they don't have away. to, right? It, well, because there's Brock, no economic forces that will make them get to force him out. You try starting the season with Brock Purdy next season, then it just goes wrong because you know how the NFL works. Yeah. Because <laughs> right now, no one's seen Brock Purdy. Let's just be honest. No one's seen Brock Purdy. That's the thing that he has going for him for a minute until the NFL is like, okay, we see your ticks and stuff like that. So. And a, a lot of it, what it comes down to is like the kind of route concepts a quarterback is able to, that caters to a quarterback skill, right? Like if, yep. if a, no quarter, very few quarterbacks are elite in every single route concept that there are. So if defenses snuff out which kind of concepts a, a wide receiver can, or a, a quarterback can throw, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's in the season like go balls, intermediates, curls, crosses, whatever you want to do um, underneath yeah. and that kind of thing, you know, they'll, they'll suss that out and you can scheme against that. Well, 49ers, they have, as an organization, they have a conundrum at the QB position with most of all their QBs out and they just have their rookie quarterback if that there. team loses cmc they're kind of fucked that's the that's the hot take 
<laughs> I mean, CMC, that's the only thing about CMC is that if he keeps getting hit over and over, he could potentially like get out due to injury because of a, a knee, an ankle or something like that. It's which not, we've, it's we've not anything before. against CMC in general. It's just it's just the way that the 49ers organization uses their running backs. They just absolutely grind them to the dirt. And you have guys that well, has already think, been grounded. They're not, like the, they're not like the Cowboys. They're not that's like fair. saying, hey, our one here's our one running back in CMC. And then he gets all the touches. They're actually like Debo Samuel. They have, I think Jeff is, no, no. Jeff he's, he's on the he's Dolphins. On the Dolphins, yeah. Um, but whoever else they have at the running back position, they they're basically them all. That's Broncos. Yeah, yeah. But they they have like a, a slew of running backs they can use, and if they can put in another receiver in there, sure. But we'll see what happens with the 49ers. I mean, they still have their offense, other offensive pieces like Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. We can't forget about those guys. Oh, I'm not. I, I've never forgotten about George Kittle. I hate the man, but he is a good tight end at the end. Of the day. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, next game. Uh, Chiefs at Broncos. I'm. I don't think. I think we kind of talked about this enough. Besides the Broncos being eliminated from the playoff contention due to the you know bad record, they had a chance, but Russ got injured, and Brett Ripien was in there. But it just. It. I mean, it looks like it was a close game, but it wasn't as close. Yeah. Know? Only thing I would add on to what we've already said up to this point is that on that pick six. So Russ threw a pick six in that game, and Willie. It was like it was like a blown up screen pass, which. Mm-hmm. You know, low key Seahawks. That's one of those things where oh, we haven't been able it. to throw a screen pass in a long time or defend against a screen pass. But um, it was a Willie Gay just made a, a a galaxy mind play on a on on a screen pass, tipped it to himself and uh, intercepted it. But on that interception, he had the most disrespectful stiff arm on Russ. It was like basically like Derek. It was like Derek Henry esque if in the in terms of like how like he extended his arm and like, or like, you know, when you stick your arm out and <laughs> put it, put it in a kid's face. Like Russ, just doesn't have, like Russ doesn't have much going for him already. Like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> he just, he just made him feel small. That's basically what it came <laughs> down to. Like where he, he put his hand, got on Russ's helmet. Russ is Russ. Basically you could hear it in your own head. He was like, eh, and then he fell. <laughs> oh God, man. Yeah. So I didn't see that part, but disrespectful and now you know he's gonna probably be out for like one or two weeks actually you know we've been doing a lot of questions and i like that you know that we're doing that this episode do you shut russ down this season if it's depending on the severity of that concussion yeah yeah i don't think what what else i mean like actually after russ went out, i think brett even came in and still one actually let's give credit where credit's good uh is due yeah um jerry uh jerry judy had a really good game yeah even Um, no matter who was that quarterback yeah, he had a really good game, and he's the receiver that they need to be. I feel like he just hasn't been getting enough, like, um, like enough footballs thrown his way. He needs more. I mean, if you have to just funnel it with one receiver, go right ahead. Yeah. If because I know Russ has been funneling it through uh, Dulcich, the tight end for the Broncos. So. Yeah, the rookie out of UCLA. Yeah. So it's funny because we were talking about during the trade deadline how Jerry Judy was a uh, was a target. A yeah, yeah, he was a target, but I'm glad. He, I mean. He's, he's going to be a free agent, not next year, I think, but the following year. Yeah, but they, but you have to think about it. You can't just trade all your weapons away, though. Yeah. Because yeah. like then, you, then you're going to have the issue of we need to get a, a weapon, and now our only choice is the draft because we can't pay the receivers because the Jags broke the, the bank on receivers, so now the receiving market's been shook up a bit. Yeah, so. I'm glad we got DK when we got DK. Oh, I'm glad. I'm so glad. It's a three-year deal and seventy-something million deal and stuff like that. Correct? If yeah, I and I'm glad correctly. guys like Debo got their money because you know, deep. If you're playing for the Niners and you're a guy like Debo, you got to get that money because you don't. Know I'm how. waiting to see what that Lamar 
Lamar Jackson deal is going to look like because that's what I want to see. Yeah, he wants Deshaun Watson money, and I didn't think Deshaun Watson deserved Deshaun Watson money because it's fully guaranteed contract with a very high dollar. If you if you you just gave a quarterback like Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed, yeah, it just blows up the market, doesn't it? Right? Like I wouldn't say. I mean, we already knew that it was going to get more expensive for quarterbacks. Period. Especially when Pat Mahomes had his deal, because you already know. Joe Burrow is going to have his deal after oh God, Lamar. Joe Burrow. Joe so. is guys like Joe Burrow. Um, no, uh, Herbert too. Herbert too. Yeah, Justin Herbert. That's I was blanking on his name for a second. He's going to. Yeah. They're going to. They're going to be elite deals. Ne- and I think they're next season, not this, because right now it's Lamar, and after Lamar, that's going to set the precedence for Burrow and Herbert, and for those two teams, the Chargers and the Bengals. Whoever's the first one to get a deal done usually wins because you're going to have to go higher than the other. Yeah. Then, Especially with yeah. Burrow, who took him to a Super Bowl in his second season after, you know, being hurt. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the quarterback, and in terms of uh, quarterbacks, that's probably going to break the market. We all know Zach Wilson's contract is going to break the market. We get, we get, Wilson? Yeah, we got to start capping, man. That guy's going right. to get, he's going to get, he's going to get all-time money. I think it's just going to get let go by the Jets, in all honesty, at yeah, this point. It's the same argument with Trey Lance, except it's a different uh, situation. I don't know how many years Zach Wilson has. I, I see there's more upside to Trey Lance than Zach Wilson. Because let's it's not, just based off the pure, like, we, at least based off of athleticism alone. Yeah. And then you factor in skill set. I, I was looking at Trey Lance just play, and he plays a lot better than Zach Wilson, in my opinion. Humble yeah, yeah, humble that's fair. Opinion. I don't think anybody would argue with that, because Trey Lance, or Zach Wilson can't even throw it. We're talking about uh, quarterbacks that can throw to certain route concepts. Looks like Zach Wilson can't throw a route concept, and that's just the fact of it. He'll I mean, overthrow at, anybody. At least, at least Zach Wilson has the balls to go after someone's mother allegedly, <laughs> and also has the balls to say at a press conference, "Was it because of the offense that they lost the game?" No, 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 not at all. What I'm dick. sorry, I can't, I can't get behind that. Yeah. So, anywho, next game. Uh, Dolphins at the Chargers, twenty-three to seventeen. Chargers. We were both wrong in this. So I, I see the first comment is just, "Where the fuck did that come from?" <laughs> yeah. I feel like I feel like I got con. Like you know, it, it's like it's like if you were to buy into a, like you start following a crypto on Twitter and then you just see all this hype built up around it. You suddenly like, all right, let me put a little bit of money into it, and then whoop, rug pull. <laughs> oh my god, that's 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 what it felt like. I mean, obviously, this is a we would have to treat this game as like an exception, right? Because mm-hmm. we've, we've, there's too much data on how elite the Dolphins' offense has been this season. But what the alarming thing is, I wrote down this stat too that Tua probably had his worst game since high school. I would say he was 10 for 28 for 145 yards and one touchdown. But given that one of those touchdowns came on a 60-yard run from uh, Tyreek Hill or 60-yard pass uh, completion to Tyreek Hill, he would be nine for 27 and 85 yards. Like you're not that those are those them some Zach Wilson numbers, but like, it wasn't for Tyreek Hill. And that's why I said um, if any clout is going to Tua for MVP because he has had you know good numbers this season, all of that clout should be redirected at Tyreek Hill. Man's unbelievable. I mean, yeah, and I think I saved something. Oh, here we go. So there's something on Tyreek Hill after what the current season he's had so far, real quick, because I, I actually just found it like last minute. And I also have another story that we have to talk about. Um, I'll, I'll do it after the week 15 games. Or actually, I'll just say it now. By the way, did you know the Cowboys have secured uh, T.Y. Hilton at wide receiver? Yeah, I saw that. You know, good for T.Y. I feel like it's one of those things where, um, you know, it's probably they were just, which is funny because they were simping hard for OBJ. Well, <laughs> if we want to talk about the OBJ situation real quick and we'll come right back to the Dolphins at Chargers, 
It's just that OBJ even said himself, like, what's the point of he said, why should I go and go in and play during a regular season? I actually like it when it's tough. Let me, I'm just going to come in and play during the playoffs, which at that point, that's a weird way of trying to get on a team when really he can just sit out and then come next year when he's fully healthy. Yeah. Like, Cause yeah, he's coming off an injury too. T.Y. Hilton, I feel like he, you know, the question is how much has he got left in the tank? He's been dealing with a lot of hamstring injuries and that type of thing. I have this nagging suspicion that he's going to go off and I'm going to fucking hate it. But I like they, T.Y. Hilton. If they use person. him kind of like how the Bucks are using Julio Jones right now, where it's like in like um, in a smaller packages. Yeah. And certain packages. And then like, hey, get Julio Jones out there because, you know, we know that if you keep him in the game for too long, the next thing you know, he's going to be out for hamstring or something like that. So, yeah. Um, same thing with T.Y. Hilton. That's kind of what got him in the later part of his career, too, is just because. It's just like late, and he was one of those receivers that was doing a lot, like Julio Jones as well. Not at Wait, he could Jones do it all. Level. Yeah, yeah. Why Hilton could do it all for sure. Um, so now coming back to you know uh, Tyreek Hill, though he is currently the only player in the Super Bowl era to record a touchdown in each of the following ways: receiving, rushing, kick return, punt return, fumble return. Is this all in one season or a uh, uh, career? This is just only player in the Super Bowl era, and I think he got most of these. And the, actually, I think he got all these in the season. I'm just, I'm just taking a peek. Okay, there's a reception, right? We've seen that. This one is against the Chargers. Oh no! Is okay. This is over the course of his career because yeah. he, he got a a rushing touchdown. I don't, do they still use him for special teams? I don't think he would risk it. But no, 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 no. Know. This was like earlier in his career, like especially when he was used as a running back at the Chiefs um, because of his speed, right? And then when he was still on the Chiefs, he took a kickoff return back. And it's most of it's from when he was on the Chiefs. And I think, he, you know, whatever else he got from um, the uh, from the Dolphins in this season. So, like, he's the only player that has a touchdown in each of those, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, I was going to say Lockett comes pretty close, but I think he's got a kick return, a punt return and reception. But I don't know if he had a rushing or a fumble return TD. Yeah, the fumble either. return is probably the thing that just sets it completely apart. That was the funniest touchdown from that game was that just all of a sudden you just see this <laughs> this ball pop out of the scrum like bloop and then Tyreek just pips it picks it up and, 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 and nobody catching him. Basically, um and th- that's what he got from this game was the fumble TD. So at this point it's just like wow, that's that's like that's a player right there the Dolphins have something they just need to just tune in. You know, whether they needed to get a little bit more help on defense or just get a little bit extra out of their offense, which I mean, their offense has given a lot this season in general. I think it's just the defense at this stage. Yeah. Um, a little bit of offense like later in the season, I guess, when people start to key in. Yeah. But, and it's, it was, uh, sorry, one last point oh, about ahead, it too ahead. was that, um, you know, we were talking about who we, who we rank in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Um, part of my, part of the, part of the reason was is that, you know, you look at the Dolphins at the Bills, the Chiefs, none of those three teams really have a consistent run game. And I think come playoff time when you're because come playoff time, you're playing a different kind of football. You know, we know that, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they have a different style that you, you, that you try to cater to. I would say the re- so you said the Chiefs, the Bills and who else? Just the Dolphins. Those Dolphins. Those three. Yeah. So I can't speak for the Dol. Actually, I can kind of speak for the Dolphins, but for Bills and Chiefs, they have a passing system, period. Like that, their their offensive game plan is passing the ball, and um, like Chiefs are just like, hey, red zone, you don't know what we're gonna do, but we're passing the ball more than likely, or we could run it in. We're not really a run dependent team, like say Kyle Shanahan's offense or the Titans' offense, or even kind of what we tried to do early this season for half of the season with the Seahawks. So those two teams are uh, the Bills and the Chiefs, respectively, are definitely like we have Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. period. 
Yeah, and then and Dolphins, they just catered, they just built around it. Yeah, Dolphins is basically like a, it's basically the like I I'm gonna say like more of like what the Kyle Shanahan offense is evolving to with that team in general. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what that team will evolve to, I guess, either during the season or, or obviously they're a heavy pass because they have two of the fastest wide receivers um, in tandem. And then, of course, they try to do some, you know, like Debo Samuel-esque runs and stuff like that. But we'll see. We'll see yeah. what they become. But, uh, oh, I also see here that Justin Herbert passed Andrew Luck for most pass yards in the first three years. And you, we, we, had to, we had to jot that down, too, because Herbert's getting a lot of comparisons to Andrew Luck as of late. If only they can just make it to the playoffs because it's just so frustrating watching the Chargers not make it. Especially they made everyone in the AFC West made um, big trades. Yeah. And, you know, the Chargers is just one of those that just kind of didn't really pan out, especially on the defensive side of things. Yeah. I think one of the reasons why they're successful in this game, too, is because I think Mike Williams and Keenan Allen were both healthy for the first time in a really long time. And you can't discount the fact. Yeah. Keenan Allen, you know, we talk about excellent route runners. Mm -hmm. Keenan Allen is right up there with the best of them. Yeah, but injuries is what's derailing his career at this point. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You hate seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, we have the Patriots at cards, which just finished um, 27-13. Pats, Canal, you got this one right. Um, I just feel I wish that the injuries did not pile up because injuries on both sides of the field. But yeah, the only Kyler, one that I have noted yeah. is Kyler might have torn his ACL. I saw someone. Right. I saw Ramondre Stevenson might be hurt. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't see any of the other na- big names. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I think Damian Harris, the second, like the other, the one, the two of the the other Patriots running back. I think also got taken out of the game. They had a third running back going Who, in. And that stuff. third running back was going off though. Oh, like, yeah. That was wild. That's fucking. That's yeah. the Patriot system for you, Pierre that, Strong. Yeah, Pierre. Oh yeah, Pierre Strong. Yeah. Oh, it's Pierre Strong Junior. Because on this bag says Strong Junior. Yeah. He's yeah. Strong he went, Junior though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, he went five for seventy. So I mean, oh, he didn't have a lot. That's of That's really nice. No, that, but five for seventy yards. And then that's Kevin sufficient. Kevin Harris. They have another Harris's. He went. He was eight for twenty six. Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair. So he was just kind of like the complimentary back to it. But you know, Patriots are rolling. But I just don't think they're a strong playoff team in general. Yeah. Um. We'll see what happens with them. But uh, do you think Mac Jones? That, sorry, this is. Oh like, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Not to make this conversation any longer. But do you do you think Mac Jones has just been playing through injury this whole time? Because it's yeah. just so night and day compared to yeah. last season. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of players that you would be surprised to find out that they're playing through some injury and stuff like that. Like even Aaron Rodgers was playing through a broken thumb and stuff like that this season. Yeah. Um, among other people, uh, right? So it's one of those. It's football. You're gonna have. You're gonna have a. You're gonna have like that bruise. You're gonna get dinged up. Your finger might just be jammed still from two games ago. Like I, I kid you not. Like some of these players are playing through a lot. Oh of yeah. Shit right. Now. I mean, well, so, you look at look at Jamal Adams. Like he, he, he's he he's played through so much, and you know now he's kind of feeling I, the I after effects. Of happen. I, I guess one final question before we get into week 15 games. What do you do about Jamal Adams? Uh, we just signed him to a fucking deal, and that's the thing that that kills me about Wasn't it. Wasn't that a three year deal? Uh, four year. Damn. I think it was four year. I don't know how much of it was guaranteed. Yeah, um, I mean, like I the... think I think by the end of next season he's out of guaranteed money, and really? that's when you start asking the question, right? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to. Remember. Well, actually, I, think... I don't know how much guaranteed money he he would have left because if he didn't play for most of the season, he didn't get most of his bonuses. It's injury. It's it'll be like injury or whatever. Like it's it's kind of one of those things where like you do injury and stuff like that. So he signed real quick. He signed a four year, uh, seventy point five eight uh, million dollar deal, 
So 20 of it was in a signing bonus. 38 million of it is guaranteed. And then he has like an average salary of 17.6 million or so. So a little, so bit, like, over th- a little bit over t- the first two years are guaranteed, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, is the signing actually, bonus included in that amount or is that on top? Is that the how that signing? Works? No, the, at sign, uh, the signing bonus is uh, it's the, whenever you see something like $20 million signing bonus, they spread that out over the four years of the deal. So the signing is 4 million. Um, but what I mean is that in terms of like the total value of the contract, is that signing bonus value included in that seventy point five eight million? Or oh yes, yes, yeah. So what they do is like you'll see the big like let's say five hundred million dollar deal from Pat, and then they'll say how much of it is guaranteed, and then they'll say the signing bonus, and after that you after you subtract that out of it, that's mostly just like if you make the roster, or if you go to the playoffs and all that type of stuff. So really like even Patrick Mahomes' deal, while the, while it is half a billion dollars, it's not fully guaranteed. And it's actually like something it's similar. It's very organizational what, friendly from what I heard. Basically. Yeah. Cause it was around the time when they started doing all the void years and shit because of COVID and stuff like that. So, so com- they, uh, that's something to keep an eye on, you know, five years, 10 years from now when we're still doing this podcast, <laughs> you know, you know, once it comes to the tail end of the season and he's making money, that's probably considerably less than his peers. Cause you know how quarterback contracts are. Yeah, yeah, they probably. I can see, I can see the the Chiefs running it back like you know Patriots did in in uh, Tom Brady's career. You know they won a lot at the beginning, they won a lot at the end, but there was like that middle period where they didn't have a lot. Yeah, and then real quick about Jamal Adams. So he's only counting for two million dollars this season because he's on the injury injured reserve. But next season is when his contract starts hitting us. Like we'll have he'll his base salary next season will be eleven million. Um. And then after that, 16.5. And then after that, 17.5 in 2025. And then he's a free agent in 2026. Don't know what we're going to do, especially with how his uh, injury pans History out, but we'll see. Yeah, 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 and stuff like that. And he has like some incentives and stuff like that too. But, you know, other than that, we'll see what happens with Jamal Adams. And we can finally get into the predictions for week 15 games. All right, let's go. You want me to, you want me to take over on this? Sure. So first up, we got 49ers at Seahawks. Uh, we're going to stick to it. We're head-ass fans. We are head-ass fans. I, we... I, I remember the beginning of the podcast where we were like, we're not head-ass fans. We're head-ass fans. <laughs> I'm a head-ass fan. I'm still realistic. and I'm, I really just, it's like so low for that game right now. Unless we just pull out like a very close and then like, you know, edges out a win for us. But you mm-hmm. know, we'll see. We'll Steelers see. at Panthers. This is a hard one because Steelers are, might be fielding like their third string quarterback. I'm gonna just go with Panthers. I don't know because I feel like they figured out something at least from our game. But if you, I wouldn't be surprised if you said Steelers because it's a it's a coin flip of a toss. Because are you gonna get yeah. a good Kenny Pickett? Are you gonna get a like? Well, Kenny oh. Pickett's in concussion protocol, and that's the thing. Oh, that's true. So I mean, yeah. I'm gonna go with Panthers right now. But if it it, it can change, based I'm gonna still off stick with Panthers. Pickett's... I I'm just going for the chaos at this point. <laughs> Next up, Eagles at Bears. Eagles. Uh, Eagles. We ain't, we ain't if fun. the Eagles lose to the Bears, I have to look at well, I when do uh, when do teams start benching their starters and stuff, especially when the Eagles clinch their playoff? Uh, when they clinch the one seed, because I think that's every, oh, that's still that up for grabs. Off. I think that's yeah, that's gonna be up for grabs between Cowboys and Eagles and right I, now. Yeah, and I think you know oh, they have a final they, game. But I think if they, I think so, I think they got a. There's a two game. I think mm-hmm. uh, Eagles have a two game lead on them right now. And so if they win the next two games, I think they have the the one seed clinched. Yeah. And so they might not. It might be already decided by the time uh, they play with Dallas. So. Well, yeah, the final game is so basically Dallas would need to basically win out if unless the I think the Eagles are going to keep their starters in and then just basically wait for that final game with the Cowboys. 
Um, Chiefs at Texans. That's a Chiefs. I'm, we're not gonna. Let's not play here. Uh, yeah. If, if, if the, the Texans, Texans come out and beat the Chiefs, I don't. I don't care. What is the <laughs> I'm world okay coming with it. to? I love chaos too. So next one. How if you love chaos? Cowboys at Jaguars. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna say Cowboys, but I, I want Jaguars to win it. Just on the premise. Since I'm already gonna lose this season, I'm gonna say Jaguars. My oh, well. you, you're going full chaos. Uh, full chaos. This is a hard one. Lions at Jets. Lions, so they're in New York. It's not an issue of cold, although technically the Lions play inside instead of outside. Yeah, but I, yeah, I'm it. going Lions. Lions. I'm going Lions though. <laughs> yeah. We're just like fucking. I'm on the Lions train more so than the Jets train at this point. <laughs> Speaking of, God, this is such a this is a hard cards move. at Broncos. When you know Kyler Murray is out, you know uh, Russell Wilson will not be in. I'm just gonna stick with um, Broncos. Damn. I think. You're gonna go with Broncos this time. I'm going cards. Yeah, just I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stay with cards because I've already got burned with Broncos with Russell Wilson. So I'm I not got burned go by them once too, but they got a better defense. I got there. burned two times actually. I picked I them mean, again, and I yeah. still got burned. Um, we'll see what happens with that one. That's a coin flip. I hope they lose. See, that's why I say cards. <laughs> uh, Titans at Chargers. I'm going Chargers, Chargers. this time because yeah, yeah, I we'll, we'll, we'll... that complete. But if I, if the Titans just edge out. Just the charges due to the run game or whatever. If, I can if, see that too. It's the Chargers. If the, ti- if the Titans can play the way they want to play, they can win against anybody in the league. The question is whether if they can play the way they want or not. That's that's what it comes down to. There you you right you right. Bengals at Buccaneers. I'm going uh, Bengals. Bengals. I'm not. I don't know what the Bucks are going to give you week in and week out. And I mm-hmm. feel like it's also a game where they're just going to lose and they're going to have to win again and then they lose. So that's where I'm at. Patriots at Raiders. Patriots, I think, on this one. Let me think here, because they. Mm, I, I think, think Patriots have a better offense and defense. Well, the the, the Raiders have Josh Jacobs, but um, I think with Matthew Judon, I think he's going to re- wreak havoc on Derek Carr. I'm I'm thinking like I'm kind of doing like a simulation in my head where I like the Raiders fall out, or I know the Raiders are the underdogs too. I'm going to go Raiders. I might change it, but I'm going to say Raiders. I want chaos. I respect um, it. I'm already gonna lose this season. I think I I don't I don't, I don't think I can win anymore to even try to win the overall I, weekly pickums. Really, really quick before you won we go all on of there. them except for me. I only won once and then tied the others. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there. So that's what I have down here too. Is that I we've done ten pickums or sorry eleven including um, mm-hmm. this week. And so the record stands at five wins for me, two wins for you, mm-hmm. and four ties. And so we have four weeks left. Technically, you can still win it. <laughs> I have to win every single one. Am yeah. I going to be like all the other teams that are going to come out? I don't know. Right now, I'm just picking chaos right now, so probably not. Um, <laughs> like this one, Rams at Packers. Uh, Packers. What? You don't trust in Baker? <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> I don't trust it that much, man. Well, Aaron Donald's out and, you know. Dolphins at Bills. Uh, I'm, I'm saying Bills because again, this is the team to beat um, yeah. in AFC right now. So, yeah, that's it. Uh, Ravens at Browns. Here's the here's the Ravens Brown game all over again. Browns. He is saying, "Oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. They're I their third quarterback, that. my dude. I bet, watch when they watch when they win and prove us both wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Colts at Vikings. Vikings. That's not okay. even Vikings, but you know, fuck. Colts can't take advantage of the defense that much. Yeah. Um, they have to stop their offense first. Ooh, Falcons, Falcons at, Saints. at Saints. This is a big one too because this is playoff implications. Yes, and this is this is a big game. And my, oh, if, if, if we're, we're, we're pre- huh? 
Desmond, Desmond Ritter. Ritter, yeah. Well, but the thing is, is that we're predicting that the Bengals are going to be the Buccaneers, which means that whoever wins this game, I think, or no, I think whoever wins this game is tied. It helped one of them. Whoever's like, whoever has a win on the Bucks right now, which I think is no, neither, neither of them won against the Bucks yet. But uh, the, in man. terms of like the record, like you know, I think they'll be tied on record at least. And then you're going into the end of the season with three games with a tied record. Saints might not get it because they lost against the Bucks twice. Yeah, that might be it. So okay, yeah. So the record is right now. Falcons is... have a better chance than the Saints. So Buc- Buccaneers sit at six and seven. Panthers and Falcons. Panthers sit at five and eight at two. Falcons also sit at five and eight at three. Saints sit at four at four and nine. So yeah. it'll help the Falcons because they'll tie Falcons. things up. I'm going to Falcons because no one's seen Desmond Ritter. He can have an amazing game like Brock Purdy or a, a very shitty game. It's it's there is no in between. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'll just we're going chaos. I'm going Saints with it because I we don't Saints know. Has that, Saints has the defense. They have that defense. Is, that, is, this, is this still the Sunday night game? Because I wrote this up early in the season. Uh, I wonder if they flexed it up. I thought they flexed the Sunday night game to something else. Let me just look at. Was it Week 15 games? I can double check. Week 15 games, please. Thank you. Um, Sunday night is uh, what is Sunday night? Is New York Giants and the Commanders? Okay, so they they must have flexed that. Oh no, that's is that Sunday to. night or Monday night? Sunday night, seven twenty. Oh, maybe I wrote this up wrong. Maybe, Monday oh. night. Monday night is L.A. and Packers. They switched oh, them I, around. Did I forget to add a game in here? Oh no. Oh, so oh, they switched it around. Yeah, they just switched it around. That's all they did. Okay. Yeah, they, so then I didn't miss so one. They but. flexed the Giants and the Commanders after that. Remember, they flexed it after they had that one game they tied. Now here's the game to kind of see who is that second team to go after. <laughs> second <them>. tie. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Yo, if they tie again, I'm tight. But whoever one of the, whoever Isn't wins that good for us? Game, yeah, well, it's not good for us regardless. But it's good for them if they're trying to go after, like, to be a um a wild card team. So we're trying to be a wild card team. Everyone's trying to be a wild card team, man. <laughs> at this <laughs> stage, so Giants at Commanders. Commies all the way, buddy. This one, I actually like to watch the Commies actually just scrounge a, a playoff appearance amidst the season that they've had, both on the field and off the field. If we remember certain statues being called statues, I was and just about to say being shitty. I was just about to say, don't you get like a. A bonus for making the playoffs and that kind of thing because if you do then you can use that to get a first grader to make a statue for you instead of a kindergartner oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah man oh like, my gosh what a disgrace that's that's a huge disgrace so we'll we'll that's that's pretty much all the week 15 games unless you yeah, we're going we're going buck wild with our picks this week why not because it's just I, that's what i'm saying embrace the chaos um yeah, for sure but you know like you said that's the last of the picks any uh that wraps we're just about to wrap up the show any last thoughts from you bud yeah. Um, holy shit. Um, I the the season's getting is we're basically on the final quarter of the season now. It's wild, right? It feels like the season just started yesterday. Right, and we were just doing so well for the Seahawks, but yeah. now we're seven and six instead of six and three. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, went one and three in that period of time. But uh, I guess like the whole state of things is just I wow. We started a podcast. <laughs> and we're still doing it, you know, regardless of where it goes from here. But um, I'm still I'm still thinking of some ideas for what we can do uh, to make the podcast a lot better for everyone out there. Um, so that's just some that's just stuff that's been on my mind. We are basically upscaling behind the scenes, and finally, I have to always mention it. 
because why not? I hope we I haven't done it once this podcast. So go I crazy. Done it buddy. Once this podcast, actually, no, I have. I have. If you actually go back, and I definitely mentioned fantasy, but it is fantasy. <laughs> I hope I make it to fantasy playoffs for both my NFL and my ESPN league. My ESPN yeah. league, it's kind of shaky, but the NFL, I think I solidified a playoff. Um, and it's just a matter of winning. I do have the in this league for NFL though. We get payouts if you have the number one quarterback, running back tight end and receiver and i have both the tight end and the running back on my team and travis kelsey and austin eckler so we'll see how that goes if, if any if i lose out at least i'll get some money out of it <laughs> as long as you make your money back did you really lose right that's basically like literally one of them winning one of them keeping number one will give my money back period yeah man so we'll see and uh, how about you uh yeah like you said you said it you hit the nail on the head man <laughs> season felt like it just started yesterday where we missed week one and so we were doing episode one and week two so excited <laughs> the seahawks won that they won that first game Ooh, we, let's we ride we, let's ride we thought that was our super bowl i really thought that was our super bowl game until obviously the rest of the season shown the broncos true color. just because of all the drama that shit that came out of that right and it was the very first game of the season yeah but you know if if we're talking about this week's last few, uh, final takes uh, I just hope that Skip Bayless can Skip can, can you go take like a an entry level like logic class or philosophy class where you can learn to make an argument without attacking a man's character because that was some like we say some head ass shit but you made your entire career on saying head ass shit and that just takes the cake. <laughs> First of all, he makes a lot of head ass comments because I feel like in his own personal podcast that he has, he talked about how he had to tell his each of his wives that they don't come first, his job comes first, and then kids are not even a thing. We should um, we should clarify that he doesn't he doesn't practice polygamy. He's been married multiple times. <laughs> excuse me, he's been married multiple times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'm just saying, like, he definitely he's definitely said this. He's like, my passion is this is basically the sport of football that I have never played. But I mean, he's made his money from it though, at the very least, and that's his that's his passion. That's his yeah. thing. And he's and, told people like, you will be second. You are not first. He literally told them straight up. <laughs> so, anyway. You know, I think he said, I think he gets, says, especially head ass things when his, when his, uh, his, his triggers cowboys. are, his triggers are up, which are Cowboys and Baker How Mayfield. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Which it makes it great too. Cause I think Shannon Sharp is a, uh, Eagles fan, like, or grew up as an Eagles supporter. Well, it's weird because like Shannon Sharp, Stephen A. I think when they were together, I think Stephen A. is an Eagle supporter for sure. Was wasn't he? Yeah, he was. But he was drafted by the Broncos first, and then he eventually ended up on the Ravens. In the right, right, right. but I think I'm, I'm I'm speaking of like in terms of teams you grow up supporting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. facts, facts. Yeah, so he's all over the. But they kind of just go in on players nowadays more so than certain teams, unless it was like a former team of theirs. So yeah, you know that's that's just my thing. So yeah, Skip, hope you find yourself, man. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah, but um, all right, you know that's all. That's all from us over here at Mist Reps. Follow us on the socials with the handle at Mist Reps. Man, thank y'all for coming out. Make sure you rate us. You know, hey, five five stars, whatever the rating system is on each of the, the platforms you're listening to. You know, share it with a friend, share it with your family, and hey, uh, come hit us up mostly on that on that Twitter if you got any questions or anything like that. But besides that, we hope to see you again next week. Peace, peace. peace.